Welcome back to Wake Up Windin, a casual conversation about a complex show. We are covering Dark, and we're going to do Season 1, Episode 9 today, Everything is Now. And I'm delighted to be joined again by my friends from the Death Readers, Doug and Rob. Doug and Rob, great to have you back. How are you guys doing tonight? We're great. Um, yeah, we're doing really well. I'm um, excited to be here because I've got some stuff to say and things to ask. So I'm so excited that you guys are back. Um, that was Rob you just heard. And, you know, Doug and Rob, you guys, last time we're talking about a lot of things from Dark that came up in the last few episodes. So I'm so <laughs> glad to have you guys back. You were on. Yeah. Ep- um, you guys were on episode six. Um, and um, I just want to really quickly, I want to uh, give a quick plug for your show before we even start. Um, uh, these guys, they host the Death, the Death Readers podcast. And if you like a uh, little cross-section, if you like Dark and you like my show, and you like reading the Harry Potter books, I think you would like uh, their podcast because it's a real critical perspective. And um, they have a lot of fun and a lot of hot takes with some of the different characters that I don't think you would hear many other places. So um, they have a lot of great banter. One of the best things about their show, I think, is the chemistry. So I'm giving, oh, them, a, giving them a really, uh, really good Shut set. Shut up, talking. But um, I just wanted to let you guys like kind of have you know the mic for a little bit and you know share about your show, what you guys wanted. But I'm a big fan of it. I've been cruising through just in, during the summer. I've gone through the first uh, four and a half books. I'm on you know the back half of uh, the fifth book now. So um, you know, getting close to the end. I'm sad that there's not so many episodes left. So go ahead, guys. I've, I've rambled. <laughs> Um, yeah, our, our podcast is exactly what you said. It's it's a uh, I've never I had never read the books. I'd never read the Harry Potter books. Uh, and while there are other podcasts who do that same thing, uh, one of the things we wanted to do was have uh, go through the experience of reading the books for the first time and and examining them with me as someone who is a, a virgin reader, and then go through with Rob, someone who's you know basically the, the equivalent of the Harry Potter village bicycle. <laughs> So, I, um, so like that—that's what you get with our show. Is that you have Rob has read the books like, like seven or eight times th- through, and mm-hmm. me who'd never read them at all, and uh, you get our like back and forth experiences with, you know, me having ideas a lot like what we're going to do today about dark, where we're like we Rob and I neither of us have watched up uh, like past episode nine, um, or had watched it before, like really doing the show. So. It's going to be similar, like that kind of take is just like the fresh, uh, raw reactions to the books as we read through them. And, and yeah, I think that one of the biggest things about our show that makes it, I think, unique is that there is, I have quite a critical perspective on the Harry Potter series uh, and and almost everything in it. So <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't usually shy away from describing that. So if you are open to uh, having your... Uh, memories and uh, <laughs> your own personal emotional horcruxes challenged, then or, or, or ground underfoot even sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> then you should definitely check out our show and uh, and even if you you know even if you just love the books and you love Harry Potter and you want to hate me, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Listen to the show and 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 see how you feel about it. And you can Everyone find us on villain. you can find us on uh, on Podbean uh, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Probably it's Google Play still a thing. I think I, it, it, I think so. You know, it's There's Google, Google. becoming YouTube Music now, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. We were out there. Yeah. There's a Google podcast too, so it might be that. It might have changed to that. Yeah. Um, okay. 
But uh, I, I just got a notification today that Google Play was going away and I needed to download YouTube Music. So who knows? Who knows? But we are out there. We're all we're out there, and and we also have a Patreon if you'd like to check that out where we put up other exclusive content. But uh, Rob, did I miss anything? Um, oh, we, we put no. out we put out episodes weekly. Yes, and, and the way we go through it is we go chapter by chapter, book by book. So every chapter is about, or every episode's about Episode. three chapters uh, of of the books until we're until we're done. And right now we're in the halfway through Deathly Hallows. We're pretty much done. So, so there's a lot of content out there. Yeah. There's a whole lot of content out there. We, we just finished recording episode sixty four. So. Uh, there's 64 episodes. Oh, congrats, guys! Free, That's free Harry Potter content for you people out there. Uh, uh, enjoy it or hate me <laughs> or both. It's a big accomplishment, guys. I mean, getting through this whole series. I mean, uh, like I was just t- talking to you guys before the show. Like, you know, Dark is only uh, like something like 20, 26 episodes or something. You guys, right. you know, 64. That's incredible. So, um, congratulations <laughs> for you know getting towards the end of it, and you guys will finish it soon. Um, I, I did. I did want to say one thing. So uh, I'm I'm like Rob. I read the books a lot. I I love and I love the books, but I'm not a I'm not ashamed to laugh at what uh <laughs> what <laughs> at what Doug has to say either. And can I just bring up one quick uh, Harry Potter hot take for you guys? Sure. Yep. Okay. So I think and I, I brought this up in an email, and uh, I I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think Harry should have been arrested uh by the Ministry after he comes back from the Triwizard Cup. Um, here's why. They're looking to uh, they're looking to arrest him for any reason, or they're looking to besmirch his name, right? So he comes back with a dead body. They have no no idea what happened. He just went away. He comes back with a dead body, and there's nobody to blame for it. He says it's Voldemort. They don't believe him. So what's the explanation? He should be arrested. Yeah, uh, <laughs> certainly they could they could have wrapped that into their whisper campaign to defame him, and that that could easily have come up at the hearing. I don't know why it didn't. They, they weren't thinking big enough. Well, that wasn't what the hearing was about. I mean, for, for one thing, like, that hearing wasn't... It's, it's like double jeopardy. Like, you're not charging the guy with two things in the same courthouse. Like, he's he has to undergo two separate trials. So, I'm like, I guess that's it, true. And yeah, Dumbledore my, was still in play. Right. Dumbledore was... And so was Fudge. So, um, Fudge didn't have the kind of hate at that moment he ha- that he had for Harry until the next book. Because Triwizard Cup's book five, right? So... No, uh, Triwizard is book four, right? Oh, the end my of book bad. four, and the hearing is the beginning of book five. So right. I'd say over that summer, by the time they pulled him in for the hearing, Fudge yes. had Dolores, you know, whispering in yes. his ear. Right. That, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I just had the book number wrong. And uh, so, yeah, they, they I, I agree that, like, it would have been almost... I, I'm embarrassed I didn't catch it, like, your, your note. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's definitely like something that probably should have been brought up and, and addressed, and could have been a very easy thing for what Scrimgower is that who it was to yeah. Scrimgower? Uh, yes, for him to him to come around and throw Harry in in the magic gulag uh, <laughs> of Azkaban as soon as he like when he was delivering like the uh, the will the will yeah like the or the contents the, the, they're the in snitch yeah mm-hmm. he could have been like oh by the way you get these things but also you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, he's also a, a minor, so like, there. I don't know what the, it's. It's complicated because it's all fiction. So number one, I don't know what the rules in England are for for child laws or, or like child convictions. But I also don't know like what wizarding laws are because they seem dumb and like fluid. 
but if we if we if we if we if we cite uh, the ministry v Hagrid, we certainly have enough precedent to break Harry's wand, expel him from school, and certainly make him less of a threat. That's totally true. You you're a hundred percent correct. I've completely forgot about the precedent of of the uh, the girl in the bathroom. <laughs> yep. um, moaning Myrtle. Yeah. Yeah, moaning <laughs> Myrtle's yep. murder. Uh, but then again, Dumbledore would have brought her in to testify. No, but then again, we two things. One, we've already discussed how Myrtle was never questioned, even though she's a ghost. We've also addressed how, uh, in spite of all of that, Dumbledore has the kind of power to let someone who has at minimum been accused of murder end up becoming like an instructor at Hogwarts. So, like, it's yeah. almost like there's really no reason why anyone should ever get punished for any rational reason in the stories. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an example of what you would hear. Um, all, all I'm saying is, uh, is uh, if I'm Fudge, you know, I'm getting Shacklebolt, I'm getting Dollish, yeah. and I'm putting Harry in a room with them, and, uh, yep. you know, we're going to get some answers. What happened to Diggory? Absolutely. I think... Uh, I, that, that's my that's my hottest Harry Potter take, I think. No, man, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I mean, uh, it's I, I I would go as far as say it's a it's a plot hole. Like it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's like yeah, it just shows like, up. You, like <laughs> if you're gonna have the Ministry say Voldemort isn't back, then who killed? What happened to Cedric Diggory? Why is he dead? Right. Mm-hmm. They just that, say it's that like, should be. Like, that should be something Rita Skeeter's flowing all over the, like, newspapers and stuff. It's just, like, you know, a cons- that, that's the kind of, like, Breitbart-level conspiracies that I would expect <laughs> for for a... Yeah. For that character and that incident. It, it's, it's just Bull ready. On. Is she, she might still be kidnapped by Hermione at that. I, I can't remember. But she, <laughs> that's <laughs> a good point. point. I don't remember when she gets freed, technically. They should all... Throw them all in prison. All three. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, yeah, that's that's a lot what uh, what it's like uh, on our show. Yeah, no, thanks guys for uh, humoring me with that one. Hey, Absolutely. no problem. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we'll, we'll talk about dark. <laughs> Sorry to everybody. Uh, <laughs> nice. But uh, so, um, what an episode! First of all, um, so much was going on. I was talking to these guys beforehand. We have so many different storylines going on, and um, I've got a few of them I could list out if you want to uh, uh, and see which one you guys want to talk about first. But I thought this yeah, one. Was... Uh... Go ahead. I, yeah, I definitely want to touch on some of the events that happened in between. Uh, let's let's do it. Okay, you guys were bringing up the incest part, and it definitely came out right in the last couple episodes. Sure, it sure did. All right, let's talk about your thoughts for that. Uh, how about you, Rob? What did you think? Uh, I, w- I was I was I was surprised that it it ended with him kissing. Yeah, like he was just like. Oh, what the hell? She doesn't know, right? Though, so no. She, yeah, as far as I know, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, no, she 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 doesn't know. She's just sad that he's ghosting her, and and he just like, tried to resist, but then the call of Auntie was too strong. I guess. <laughs> I don't you... know, man. I mean, he was pretty like stiff-lipped during those kisses. Like he looked like he was just like kind of in shock and just sitting there like, oh, fuck, this is happening. Okay, this is happening. And then because when she ends it, she's like, is this wrong? And he's like, yep. And then he like is walks that off. Is that where it is? Oh, he walked off? Okay, I missed Oh, it. I mean, yeah, he, he he walks away from her and she turns oh, around and looks it. at him, walk away and goes like, what? <laughs> so yeah. yeah that, I didn't, that, I, didn't I, I, was, I was I was going back and forth writing notes, so I probably missed that. Well, yeah. just as long as you're not misconstruing who's who, because like there is another, before that scene, there is another like, naked teenage 
kissing, and that those people are not related. No. As far as we know. <laughs> so as long as you're not confusing those two. <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And yeah. like, I, like I was saying before we started, uh, this show has so many possible layers upon layers that things could just totally switch back on each other fourth dimensionally. And I mean, who knows? I was pretty psyched to see that that scene where Jonas uh, kisses his aunt because I it was something I had to switch her into. Yep, I, I was very. I was. I'm into threads getting tied up. I'm. I'm into Nicely not done. having loose ends. I, I'm into uh, not plot holes. See our <laughs> podcast to see how much I hate them. Um, the and this one specifically, uh, I liked it because it was. It was. It felt kind of realistic. Like if you look back at uh, Marty McFly kissing his mom, it, which is the only thing I have to compare it to. I think it's probably the best comparison out there. Well, I mean, there's also the Michael like Nesmith this. directed film Time Rider with Fred Willard, which we've all seen. Have we? Have we? <laughs> oh, it's it's best in these moments just to let the silence kill him. Um, <laughs> I can't. I've got some happy Silva notes today. <laughs> um, but but uh, in, in that in in the Calvin Klein sequence, if you will, um, the it, it's similar, but it has this sort of like funny take to it. So if you were going to do the same scene and you were going to write it uh, to to not be funny. <laughs> But to be tragic, I think Dark nailed it. Uh, I think they did a really good job, like showing like that the Jonas's grief comes from being a young man who does have interests in a, a sexual side of himself. He's he's exploring and trying to figure out. He, he, he might he's essentially been locked up for a summer up to this point. Like cause right. the, sum, the summer before, he'd been like uh, in essentially in hiding. Yeah, because yeah. of his, his friends have uh, gone missing. And well, that was because uh, it was dad. His dad died. His friend went missing just as he was coming back oh was that yeah you're right that's right it was both of those things yeah um, it's a couple he, months later he, he's having a rough time yeah right and his um, mom's clearly a nut but we'll get there yeah but i don't even think he's really paying attention to that um but he, he's gone through a lot and now he comes back and he's trying to get a grip on his emotional state from where he was before the summer started and now like also trying to catch up with how everybody else has progressed and and then you add on that he learns about time travel and like all this other stuff. So he's like, I think they did a really good job of showing him being this sort of like uh, crater emotionally. Like, like he is the, he's ground zero of a lot of emotional destruction and how he passes through that is like kind of stoic, stone faced. Like he's, he's not really allowing himself to feel much more because I think he's afraid it's going to break him. Mm-hmm. And so I think in these scenes when he, he's doing a really good job and they did a really good job writing him barely doing the bare minimum to communicate this cannot happen, this isn't going to happen and not letting himself get attached and fall into a fantasy that he could pursue a romantic relationship with his aunt. Yeah. She's, uh, so sorry, she's pursuing him hard, right? I mean, like, that's the thing is he's so torn because, you know, he, he liked her, right? <laughs> and then... And, and well, and the information's just been dropped on him. He, he he has his experiences through time to rely on to to understand that that it is the way it is. But this is still really new to him. Whereas with Marty, even though his mom was younger, he still recognized her as his mom, and he could actually feel actual revulsion, not just this conceptual revulsion that was also vying with his you know 
want for this girl. Right, but there was no moment in the Jonas kiss where, like, she says something like, oh, it's weird, it's like kissing my brother. And, yeah. and like, th- and that that is the moment, I think, that deflates the gross tension of Back to the Future. But, like, in this sequence, it doesn't have that, beca- it doesn't have that because I think you want to live in the gross realization. I think that's what their intention is, is to make you feel bad for for everyone involved. Like, you know that she doesn't know, and if she did know, she probably wouldn't do it. And he does know, and he's struggling to, like, keep her innocent mm-hmm. by not exposing her to the reality of time travel, because one, it'll make him look insane, and two, because he can barely hold on to it himself. Right. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's a brilliantly, like, made and written directed acted scene the whole thing in that that sequence was was really beautiful yeah i'm trying to think if like how maybe if he did tell her you know you're my aunt you know maybe that would just get her off his case because uh <laughs> you know she's like how would you tell her but this? I mean, there's nothing that's nothing that's would a, work a one-way ticket back to the hospital <laughs> that's true he's gonna be back uh he's gonna be back uh playing hide the baguette according to bartosh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think that there's i mean if, if Imagine, like, how you would try to communicate to somebody that truth without sounding insane. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's just, like, I think... Unless, you, unless go, you say, come with me. Come with me, yep. He could show her. Right, that's right. right. Yeah, I, I think that's, that the... the yeah, that's, that's good. But, mm-hmm. like, I think this show, the way that, like, the way Jonas learns about it is, like, one of the best ways. It's like, here's a letter that could not have been faked, that was this, that was, like, all these different things. Like, and and then, like... Like, like in the letter, even was like, I'll show you, you have to follow me, follow the, the line or whatever it said. And then he saw it himself. So I think, yeah, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't just tell somebody he couldn't, he couldn't tell her right away. He'd have to take her back in time <laughs> or forward or whatever and show her what's going on. That's, oh, sorry. That's interesting too, because you mentioned last time how we had the past and the present and we were clearly going to go to the future, but then we've had the reveal sense that. 2019 is the future yeah right I, I, I have three timelines yeah not only do i have a note about that but i have a i have a another i have a thing about uh yes <laughs> i think that 2019 is a future and the reason that that was confusing to me is because i think i would have noticed that if i was watching the show when it came out because the show came out in 2017 mm-hmm. so in 2017 if you're watching it it was like 2019 you'd go oh that's the future and then oh, okay and, and you would just know that it wasn't present time, but because we're watching it in 2020, it's 2019 is the past. So it's hard for us to, it was hard for me initially to like grasp that idea. Uh, well, so even it, if, even if you weren't paying attention, um, it, it's still a good reveal that not everything is what you think it is. Exactly. But it also makes me wonder, I, I don't necessarily think my theory is a hundred percent like bogus. I think that it's just that maybe 1986 is the present. And because yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because we're watching it in post 2017, like it reflexively, we would think that the most recent time is the present. Sure. Um, so you guys are talking about when they have like the kind of fork in the road, right? You guys thought maybe yeah. they would be going to the future on the other side, but instead the- it was 1953, correct? Right. Right. Very right. cool. Very cool. So, um, cause we've gotten the fifties since we last talked, I believe. Right. I don't right. think right. so. Um, I really, I, th- I think the fifties are interesting. Um, I, I really like the fifties and the eighties when they go back. Um, they're some of my favorite parts of the series. So what do you guys, um, I, and I don't, I don't know if I, 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 I what do you think? Cause I, there's so much with Jonas, but, um, do you want to kind of jump to some of these other storylines too? Yeah, and maybe sure. we could weave Jonas in some more as we go through. Um, but, uh, before we do, I just, I have, I have a quick question mm-hmm. about 
Um, have you yet talked about the date that Nickel went back in time? The date that he went back. Um, so originally, November fifth, is it or? Yes. Yes, that the fifth of November isn't that Guy Fox. Re- remember it? Are you asking about remembering it? Nothing to do with Guy Fox. Nothing to November do. November fifth. That's the date that Marty McFly goes back in time. Oh. Okay. All right. Good but point. it's also the date that um, Malcolm McDowell's H.G. Wells goes forward in time in 1979's Time After Time. There has to be a nod. That has to be intentional. It has to be. has yeah. to be a nod. Yeah, I'm I just, sure. I, 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 I'm a little bit nerdy and uh, <laughs> like time travel movies. And uh, so I hear November 5th, I perk up. Yeah. Well, I think the creators, I mean, obviously took inspiration and I think they've, you know, talked about some of the shows that they've been inspired by and I'm, I'm positive Back to the Future is one of them. Because I, 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 I still can't help but consider this the better Stranger Things and I think they just handle references so mm-hmm. much better. Mm-hmm. It's I never, agree. it's never, look at our reference. It's, it's there if you want to pick it up. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, connect those two dates, but um, yeah, that I'm glad at least I, I knew it and I was like a pop okay. Because <laughs> I meant to, I meant to ask that last time, and I had, I had, I'm like totally spaced as I wrote it down. Anyways, we can we can talk about other characters. No worries. Well, no. I, I mean, speaking of references, this is not like one that I knew ahead of time, but I, I talking about doing it subtly. Like I went, I was really struck by the the t shirt that 1986 Ulrich wears in the police station, uh, and I was just like, what the hell is that t shirt? Because it reminded me, of, it made me think of like the Aquabats. But I, I when I googled it. Uh, it turns out it's this like Swedish metal band uh, called Morbid. It's like it's like a vintage Swedish metal band shirt. I don't know. It's not really important because I don't know that band, but like it, it's not like relevant to me. I'm like, oh, I love that band, but it's just like that's the kind of thing where the references I think are subtle and realistic and appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, the outfits are great in the show too. Um, there's a lot of interesting clothing in this uh, episode. I don't know why, but Magnus wearing a shirt that just said number 43 on it was odd to me because 43 is kind of just a strange number to be wearing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 there's a few, I, I'll see if I can find more in my notes, but I did notice the clothing a lot more in this episode. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the new character in this episode who kind of comes in to save Regina, and, uh, Regina during the scene where Katarina and Ulrich were playing Crab and Goyle? Alexander. Uh, Alexander, correct. I, I mean, well, I guess he's not like a new character. As I like Excuse to think me. of him, uh, German Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. Yeah, That's no. so funny you say that because I think of him as, uh, what is it? I have it written down. Give me a second. Where is it? He reminds me of, of, of uh, Charlie Heaton, who is in Stranger Things. Who, oh. And that does not help the comparison. Oh. Is he the, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is he like the, the John Ralphio brother. type guy? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. He's the older brother of the kid who goes missing in the first He's season. the one who's going to be in The New Mutants. Yeah, exactly. He plays Cannonball in The New Mutants. Okay. Yeah, I haven't I seen Stranger Things in a while, but... Um, yeah, um, okay, that's that's, that's, that's cool. Um, anyway, yeah, that character. So I yeah. guess he's not new because, you know, he's in the present, but I guess we've never seen him in the past. And That's wh- the thing that is the big important takeaway, I think, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the fun thing about this show where... where Characters that have been introduced, like, oh no, no, even though they've seemed like a, a, a small character in the past, uh-huh, um, you're going to see another aspect of them. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be waved into the story. It's, it's great. It's a great take. Um, I want to know his story. Yeah, no, I thought it was so interesting too with Hannah blackmailing him at the end and, um, you know, his entrance coming in, he seemed to be bloody. 
What did you, um, did you, uh, that was one of my favorite scenes of the episode when he came and saved her. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about that scene in particular? Yes. <laughs> um, number one, uh, one of the things, like, before we get into the actual, like, meat of it, one of the, the things I noticed about it that bothered me, uh, we talked about this in, in the episode we did a couple, a couple weeks ago, um, the idea that there are issues with the, there's, there's discrepancies in the, in the, uh, translations depending on which version of the show you watch or how you watch it. And, uh, mm. we, we talked about how we were watching it in, uh, original, like audio with subtitles. Mm-hmm. So, German language, yeah. German language, right. So when he first shows up, his first lines are in English. He says like, Hey, stop in English. Interesting. Yeah, he, it, yeah, he did. He says it in English. It's subbed in English, but he says, "Hey, stop!" in English. Oh, okay. And and I'm not, you know, some sort of like I don't speak German. I'm not some sort of like German expert, but pretty sure "stop" is not "stop" in German. I don't. Uh, I, don't know. I think they say it a lot more in the show, and I've never heard it. You know, I noticed him saying when he told Claudia later in the episode that he was going to work hard. He actually said the word "hard." And I'm pretty right. sure it's stark in German. I'm now I'm butchering, right. but um, I saw so like I, that is interesting. Maybe, and I don't know how much English is thrown in. Like you know, sometimes in, in another language, I just don't know how prevalent maybe some of some of that, that is. sort of pigeon mix of languages just for slang. Right. Well, right. and I have a tendency to like assume different things based on little things like that. So like, there's this little moment where he comes in and he's sort of like he's shot and he's like or he's injured somehow. And he has this mysterious passport issue, and he has a bag that has what looks to me like an American flag on it, or something akin to an American flag on it. So it makes me wonder if, like, if he has some sort of like English language based backstory that is. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't. I would feel really embarrassed to even like conjecture about the things that I'm thinking because it's just so ludicrous. Like. If he's some sort of like a spy or something for America, uh, I love like it. that kind of thing. It, it's it's like it's bizarre, but like it's just me like putting these different things together. But that's the biggest one that like struck out to me about that moment was that he he speaks English like straight up. Mm-hmm. He's very yeah, mis- it, mysterious too, right? I mean, yeah, very over, mysterious. Yeah. And I'm very curious about his. Uh, this whole thing. Just so, how about the passport stuff? Because the there's two passports, and his original name was Boris Newald. It looked like, and then he's changing it to Alexander Alexander Kohler. And right, so clearly Alexander, the original Alexander Kohler, may not be with us anymore. Right, that's the implication, <laughs> right? That is definitely the implication. I'm curious. If Hen is just holding on to the stuff, or she did any digging, I mean, clearly we're going to find out more about it. Did he? Did he tell um, Regina everything? I mean, she helped him, question. so maybe yeah. that's a good question. Um, what a long con by Hannah, huh? Thirty-three years she's waiting for that, and she pulls that oh, out. I mean, was, do you think she was waiting for it, or was she just, does she just like having things on people because <laughs> she has no moral compass? Well, that's true because she's like. She wants to ruin Ulrich, right? So right. she maybe she was just like, "Hey, if I ever need it, if I ever need mm-hmm. the power plant guy to ruin ruin somebody in town, I've got right. it." So it's just interesting that you know he probably he obviously never expected to see that again. So what a shock to see that bag um, that really stands out, right? When you see it, and, yeah. Um, so yeah, he must have just been kind of reeling from that. And Hannah, she's 
man, she's Hannah had a, quite an episode. She is uh, <laughs> really, uh, you know, sticking the knife to people. Well, without without leaving Alexander yet, I, I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that like, there's one more. Uh, I was really you, you mentioned like him being a new character, and while I know he's not really a new character because we did see him in the episode before where uh, Regina learns that she has breast cancer. Um, we see him a couple times. Yeah, but that's like the biggest one. Okay. And uh, and so he, I was excited to finally get some backstory on him in this episode. Like that was really cool to finally get like to, like like Rob, like you said, there's no character that's going to like disappear. We're not going to see more of potentially. Right. Um, even like what Claudia is that her name? The uh, Re- Regina's mother. Yes, that's her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like even her, like in the in the earlier episodes, she's just is it not her who just sits around with Mikhail's letter? Or is that... No, that's actually... No, uh, no, That's... Uh, her name is Enos. That's... Uh, right. And that's uh, Mick- Mickle's gra- adopted mother. Okay. Enos' mother is the woman in charge of the power plant, I believe. She is. Right. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then later becomes the wandering, time-traveling, interesting, bigger woman, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's in, in my defense, all old women look alike. <laughs> Death readers, everybody, check it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, no. So Claudia, because Claudia isn't in a lot too, but yeah. So Alexander, and I think I like what you guys are saying because you know Alexander, he didn't really stick out to me as a character until this episode. I know he was in it, but now right. I can connect. Now I can, you know, fl- they flesh him out more, so you think about him more, right? So now yeah. he's mm-hmm. a he's a f- fully fleshed out character. He's becoming yeah. more. You're more interested in him. We know he's a metal worker. He's, we know he's like pretty sinister too. He's got like he's got. I'm just interested. Like there's so it's it's like the things that he does and he has this like uh, mystique about him is is like he's starting out where Hannah has led to. Like they're both seem kind of threatening and uh, intimidating, kind of scary in in, in their world, and, and they both seem like they're. Uh, capable <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> of doing some pretty dark things so i'm excited to see where that goes for both of them yeah an uh, interesting tandem you know, yeah together yeah um so do you want to uh do you want to talk more about hannah and uh what what she was up to in this episode i mean yeah might as well get into hannah always right <laughs> um I, the scene with katarina was really tough i thought well yeah let's actually take a step back on that, because that <laughs> that scene is led into by a scene I had a problem with. Okay. Um, the the scene where Katarina goes into the police station and like bursts in and like slams her fists on the desk and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I I gotta say I felt like it was distractingly dramatic. Like it was the kind of thing where it was it was like, come on, <laughs> like I get it, I, mean, I get you, I get you have a tone you want to go for, but. These are the people that invented the term Wagnerian. <laughs> Katarina was killing me in this whole thing. The way she was are you talking about. <laughs> are you talking about the the composer? Yeah, overly you... dramatic opera Wagnerian Richard Wagner. I know who he is. <sighs> well, I mean, it, it, it's all right there, man. It's laid out for you. <laughs> Gets his face a lot. I, you know, I'm just as lost on uh, Wagner as I am on the Greek classics, so I'm going to abstain from this one. But uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I just thought. Let, let me I, see. I, I barely have a handle on his uh, classical music puns. Oh, I, I I can tell that was a pun. There must be somebody named Handel. Uh, 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> but no, Katarina killed me in this, guys. When she like when she comes in, I'm like, leave Charlotte alone. She's um, right. She's so mean to Charlotte, and uh, I really, I she made me laugh so hard though when she when Hannah's like stuttering, I, I, I. And uh, yeah, Kater- yeah. Katarina comes back at her like, ick, 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 ick. and I, I loved, <laughs> I loved it. I was, um, that was so funny. Yeah, it, 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 but it, it reminded me again, talking thematically about what we had discussed in the last time we were on your show about uh, the music and how the music is really heavy and really leads you emotionally to certain places. Yep. And I felt like these those scenes were trying to do the same thing, and I, I just felt like it was a bit rich. Like, I mm. felt like it was a bit too much. Like, the idea of, let's, okay, let's, uh, uh, let's presume that this is a relatively small town, right? It's a relatively small town where people, everybody seems to know each other. The majority of the population appears to be related to one another. People don't really leave the, the town. <laughs> they, they sort of stick around and, like, just, they kind of, like, burrow into each other like ticks. And, mm-hmm. and it just gets, like, festered and sad and gross. So let's assume that the principal of the high school, because she's married to a police detective, could have free access to the furthest, like, back security areas of a police station. Because that's what would have to happen in order for her to be able to bust into the office uh, and do the thing she did. So that's one terrible security. That's a really, like... That's, that's like, asking for, like, just anyone to come in and assault police officers. Um, Two... I mean, it's it's essentially disorderly conduct in, in a way where you're, you're like the, the kind of fit she throws, she's slamming doors and stuff. It just felt like <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like there's there's a, a whole lot of energy here, uh, and it just feels like I'm supposed to feel a certain way, but it's it's gone over the threshold of like I can I can do it, I can accept those feelings without noticing I'm supposed to feel them, mm-hmm. and and that's. That's where it, it 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 like it crossed that threshold for me. So then it that that led into the scene with Hannah, where it was it was still more of that, and that scene felt more natural. Like if the if the first scene in the police station had been a little more a little softer, I think that you ride that wave and let it let the wave crash in the Hannah scene, as opposed to let it crash in the uh, the police station, and then there's a smaller wave a couple minutes later. Um, that's what I would have done. Um, I'm going to try to explain it. Okay, I can't wait. I was I was raised in a small town. Bullshit. My mom, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> My mom was a police dispatcher, and the police station was right next to the school, so I was always stopping off there. And it got to the point where I just walk in, they buzz me in. Sometimes I'd come to the back door, which small town it was often propped open, and I could I just kind of had free run of the place. Um, so did my brothers, and. While you could argue that while um, Ulrich's been suspended and his son is part of an active investigation and things should have been different, there could still have, like, that one-eyed cop, he easily could have just been like, oh, it's Katarina, I'll let her in. Yeah, they and know her. just goes nuts with her crazy agenda, yeah. especially in a small small town like that. Yeah, I agree. Somebody probably so let how, her in. Yeah. So how, how often did you get into the evidence lockers? <laughs> Not. Did you ever steal any paraphernalia? I never stole any paraphernalia. You, ever... you can't steal what's already been stolen, right? <laughs> Did you ever uh, badger the chief of police for information about uh, the part her partner? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Did oh. you ever tell uh, an, an elderly cop that he probably has cancer? Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Ulrich, young Ulrich is uh, not holding anything back when he gets no, out. No, no. Uh, well, old Ulrich doesn't hold a lot back either, as we no. found out. No, definitely not. Um, okay, Ulrich really bothers me. This I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we're going Ulrich, Ulrich, Ulrich. He's too casual. I know we're going all over the place, but I cannot believe I, I, how casual he was. It. So, after we recorded episode six, um, we both immediately went to go watch more. Mm-hmm. And Doug tapped out earlier because I watched six and then seven and then... The end of seven just no. They watched right, seven, seven and eight. then eight. Yeah, and so the mm. end of eight just I was just sitting there like, oh. just mouth mouth uh, a gog like Harry Potter, eyes <laughs> <laughs> eyes stare and just I and I'm like oh and I realized my face had been like that for a while so like I, I screenshotted and sent it to Doug and Doug's like uh, is that from the show because I haven't watched it yet so I didn't say anything. A couple days later I get the almost exact same screenshot from Doug. Just, oh my gosh, and then we could talk about it because he just smashed that kid's head in, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, he goes for it, huh? Um, oh, he went for it. That's... Yeah. No, no, Ulrich. Yeah, no, that's... I don't know, man. We talked about this before uh, in, the, in that text conversation. I think it's really interesting that a German TV show has taken on the philosophical idea of, of do you go back and kill baby Hitler? And oh, I'm not saying anything wrong with the show. I'm saying I'm, I'm no. actually I'm just okay. I'm, oh, what I'm saying is yeah. that's a philosophical challenge, right? Like, sure. No, knowing full well what a what an innocent would do when they no longer are innocent in the future, mm-hmm. would you kill the innocent when they're vulnerable and and a, and a baby? And I I think that it's I'm really impressed that a a German TV show would tackle that concept, knowing that Hitler is the crux of that like <laughs> that philosophical challenge like that ethics question so i and i think that having it's also really powerful for me to see the people this german production company german written german everything show basically say yeah like (laughs) yeah Yeah. kill that baby like (laughs) yeah yeah vol kill the baby um and 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 i uh uh, and, and I also, we kind of talked about this a little bit off, off air, but like, there's, I'm interested to see how, like, or, or, or they say, of course you would think the answer is yes. Right. But let's explore what happens if you try and fail and what else happens. Like, is it, is the point of the show to say it's useless to have these philosophical arguments about the past because you cannot change it? No matter how many times you try to change the past, it, you're just going to continue to like rake over scar tissue and make it worse and worse and worse. Right. So, or you can't change the past because you can't change the past because your actions are already part of the past and right. failed. Right. Um, so I, I mean that that is really powerful for me. I mean I, I I don't care whether or not the I don't care as much about the character of Ulrich as I do about the philosophical or the, the implications of this on a meta sense, like this sure. idea that, that, huh? Sure. Yeah. Like that, that's very interesting to me is, is this the whole like real world implications of these concepts being challenged in a popular uh, German TV show. Yeah. What's really interesting too, is that it's like, as if, so like they take that question, right. And then right. it's like the twist is it's as if that, 
what if you went back and you tried to kill Hitler, but that's the thing that led him to becoming Hitler, right? Right, because exactly. That's what happens to Helga, basically. And like you're saying, right. it's like, um, you can't change the past. Like, the, whatever has happened has already happened. And I don't know what Ulrich, like, I, I get that Ulrich, I, I get what he wanted to happen, and I get what he thought yep. might happen, but at least have a contingency plan. Like, if I'm him, I'm hightailing it to the caves, and I'm like, hey, I'm going yeah. back in time. If my plan worked, great. I'll I'll disappear or whatever or whatever. Or those kids will disappear. But if not, I'm not going to wait around in the 1950s. You know. I think that a lot of things would have been different if Ulrich had spent more time watching like Terminator Genesis than <laughs> than like banging widows. And, like he, he would have had a, a better time realizing that he was like there that he would that there is a. Uh, there is only the fake, you, the fake you cannot make. Make I don't I messed it up, but, but like, like that was the theme of, of the original Terminator series. It's like don't like it is it's fight time. It's like right. don't accept what people tell you is going to happen to you. Make it yourself. And the Terminator mm-hmm. Genesis comes around and says, Nah, <laughs> nah, it's all going to happen anyway, man. So like, yep. if you, if you had watched that, I think he would have realized that like, one, if you're going to kill somebody in the past, do it. <laughs> like, don't. Don't half-ass it. Like, <laughs> do it. Um, but also, like, he's, he's. Uh, I think, yeah, you're totally right, Brian. He, he totally, like, just missed, <laughs> he missed, the, like, all, all the implications about how time travel really works. Yeah. Um, or how cause he, and effect he, work in tra- time travel. He did just, you know, in his mind, murder a child, so maybe <laughs> he was just... Dissociative and racked Dude, with guilt, and in his yeah. reality, outside of his mind, he just time traveled. Like, <laughs> like so, can you imagine? Maybe he was just stumbling around, not thinking about where he was going. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the emotional like stress you'd be under? Like, if you you've ever been in a car accident? Yeah. Like you know yes. that feeling afterwards where you're like, you're like out of the vehicle and you're like fine. You're yeah. no longer in an accident, but you have that like. That adrenaline hyperactive brain mm-hmm. that's like way too aware of everything yeah. mm-hmm. that's what i imagine it would be like if you are if you went back in time like the the idea of trying to cope with all of the new information and accept it would probably be so overwhelming that if you didn't just straight up black out <laughs> then you might have you know disassociative uh, interactions with other people oh uh, so what about the <laughs> intro here rob um oh my gosh that was one of my favorite parts i had to watch it three times um, another classic reference, and I was just like, "Ah, I'm so excited!" So when all the characters were uh, going back to, like, when they kept showing everybody, I love that too with the whole cast. That they was they kept showing everybody, and they had a little monologue that I've transcribed. I don't know if you want me to read it, but yep. it, we'll see. Go okay. ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Um, I got it. Okay. Here. Uh, the intro to episode nine: Man has always puzzled over his origins, his genesis, created by God or a product of evolution, if we could see yesterday and tomorrow at the same time, the origin and the end, the entire universe in a single moment, we might finally find answers to the biggest question of all. What is man? Where does he come from? What drives him? What is his purpose? And this was over shots of all the people in the movie while a ticking clock beat played. And I, this was a reference to one of my favorite movies of all time. And I was super excited. Which, Have you guys seen Run, Little Run? No, I haven't. Oh, Another movie, another German movie about the manipulation of time, opens up with this speech. 
man, really? probably the most mysterious species on our planet. Who are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? How do we know what we think we know? Why do we believe anything at all? Countless questions in search of an answer, an answer that will give rise to a new question, and the next answer will give rise to the next question, and so on. But in the end, isn't, isn't it always the same questions and always the same answer played over a ticking clock, you know, techno beat? And I was just like, ah, it was so cool. I was very excited. Oh, that's awesome. I wanted, to, I wanted to call that out because I saw that movie in the theater like nine times. They were letting me in for free by the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And there's a lot of deep philosophical stuff in this episode too. Like, so you're talking about that scene and then how about the scene too with Helga and Noah talking about uh, Noah's and uh, I also transcribed that scene too because I think oh, yeah. with that, uh, like that in juxtaposition with what you're talking about, Noah's saying that the, um, that there, there is no plan, right? There's, it's nothing but chaos and pain. And um, I just, I thought like that in combination with the beginning scene, I thought this episode, like they hit all like, I don't know, the deep questions like about life, right? And it's just mm-hmm. uh, amazing. It makes you like get the goosebumps and, um, and it's so cool that they're, I, I had no idea they were referencing something. So that's amazing. And I'm glad you brought that up. You should, you should, you should watch Run Lola Run or Lola Rent. Thank it's you. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Now good wreck. Um, I, I like that. Uh, Doug, what did you think about either the the speeches, like the intro or the Helga and Noah scene? Um, I it's it it's tough because uh, it made me okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still having a difficulty. Like I'm getting better, but I'm having difficulty re- remembering who the actors are in different time periods and who they relate to as adults. So these sequences pop up, and they're I believe they're there to help reinforce that memory they're there i think part of what they're there to do is to help me like do like flashcards. like this person is the same <laughs> as this person and yeah. it's hard to do that when you also have to read subtitles that was so, very that was another reason I, I rewound it because right it's very hard with the cutting faces to pay attention and read the subtitles yeah right and the, what was saying that kind of like jump cut editing is impactful and i loved it it was it was beautiful it was great I, I i i didn't get the reference but i appreciate it um but it was it was hard for me to feel the impact of it as i think it was supposed to be because it's you have like just visually you're ping-ponging back and forth between the pictures and the in the text so it, it this is not a criticism it's just an acknowledgement of the challenge of yeah. not being a native speaker yeah totally um, and mm. and that's just something that's going to be a part of the, the show. Yeah. Um, if you're watching the, vo- the, the faces and, and, and taking the, you know, the words in orally, it would have been much more effective, I'm sure. Yeah, and in those moments, I wonder, like, if there was a way to, like, master cut it to have, like, certain moments like that subbed, or, like, dubbed, rather. Like, cause where it, what does it matter that the dub is English if you're not seeing a person perform? Yeah. Like, right. That's a great point. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, at that yeah. moment, like, it would be cool to have it just like that point taken care of so you can just watch the visuals. Um, but meh. Um, I think that I did have a note about, I didn't have any more, more, more to say about the intro um, that, that pre, it was more like a, a preface really. It wasn't really like an intro. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it was open, more right? of a, a, a prologue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also, we were, we were talking about, uh, Hannah a while ago and I just wanted to go back and touch on her really quick and just acknowledge that like I don't know if I really said this before I think I was leading into it but I was really surprised in this episode to see how uh, 
like how she's evolved. Like she in the first couple of episodes, she goes from just basically being like this timid sort of like adulteress. Like the first shot in the first episode is is her and Ulrich in bed together, and you don't know their relationship. You know that they're sleeping together, but you don't know who they are, and you sort of learn slowly that like they're both they both have kids, not with each other. They're etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, everything evolves, and 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 she's a sympathetic character because she's a widow. There's all this like. Uh, this stuff built into how I think we'd be expected to react to her. And then as we go through almost the end of the first season, now we only have one episode left. She's basically become kind of a villain. And I think that that's really interesting um, to, to observe because it, it's not entirely. It's not like she is like a psychopath. Like I wouldn't really feel comfortable saying that. Because she's clearly gone through like observable traumas. Yeah. But, but there is something conniving about her personality that you can that you pick up from those flashbacks to nineteen eighty six. Oh yeah. And that that are certainly like blossoming in, in twenty nineteen. And I and this episode specifically, like her ultimatum to uh, Alexander is like and, and like and and her, her request of like I want you to destroy Ulrich. I want you to take everything from him. Really made me feel like, I, I guess, I, I think I understand what we're supposed to believe her motivation is, but I feel like I wanted more from the demonstration of it. Like, I understand that she has that line when she's massaging Alexander where she says, you know, how is it that, you know, you and Regina can have this nice house and I have to struggle to pay my electric bills? It's like, because your husband killed himself. That's why you don't have another income. Yeah. But like, but then she like takes it out on everybody else. Uh, and I, it's interesting. Cause like, I, I love this idea of a character that's set up that you're supposed to feel bad for because she's a widow and then allowing her pain and allowing her trauma to corrupt her and rot her core to the point where all she has left is lashing out at other people and trying to hurt them. Right. Do you think that's the extent of her motivation, or could there be yet another reveal that gives us some sort of Monte Cristo esque plan that she has reasons for things? Some I mean, sort I would, of long con that she might be dealt dealing with. We know she can I do that. Put anything? <laughs> what was that? I said we know she can do that. She's capable of right. a long con. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I wouldn't put it past her, but I, I just think I wouldn't put it past the show. Like the show right. is not. I don't think it's a show you can underestimate. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, I would be open to having something else exposed. But as of right now, we're just sort of in this. It, we are where we are, so I, I don't. I can't really talk about that. I certainly feel like I have a greater understanding for her apparent coldness in that first scene you were talking about when they were both making fun of her of Jonas. Yes, <laughs> um, you're like, just mom. What I mean, what? Yeah. And but now you're like, oh no, that's totally in keeping with the character. Yeah, they, they knew that. classic Hannah. I'm, with <laughs> yeah. both of them, with both Ulrich and Hannah, like they're both kind of assholes. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, but but Big but time. they have similar traumas. Like if you look at who they are, and maybe that's what brings them together. Like maybe it's that like both traumas know, are with the same guy, though they don't realize they, it too. Exactly. Well, yes, her husband yeah, exactly. was his brother that disappeared. No, I know that. I was just trying to remember how many people Ulrich knows have gone missing because <laughs> his because his, his brother also went missing. Remember, it's not just his it's son like four that went or five. missing. No, that's what it's, I'm. <clears throat> oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. His son is is not his brother. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. He he has two family members that have gone missing, yeah. and and so, but that's but their relationships before that. So like, it was 
for, for that moment in the very beginning of the first episode, it is him dealing with the trauma of losing his brother, her dealing with the trauma of losing her husband, who he, neither of them know is his son. Right. Um, so I think that there's, there, it's an interesting thing to think about, like, that is something that brings them together, is this shared trauma and this shared, like, uh, pain over loss and that maybe they're the only two of them the people in town that are the same age or roughly the same age who have that in common and, and why wouldn't that push them together and is that evil or is that just being human like mm-hmm. is it is it just human to suffer and seek comfort yeah well we know she loved Ulrich right like from the teenage years and um right like I just like you know we see that scene with her as a teenager when she's talking to Katarina and she's like mm-hmm. asking about is Ulrich going to be released today and she's just right. so obvious, too. Like, even though she is manipulating, like, I couldn't believe she was asking. She was like, dude, did they say who did it? You know, like, didn't you find that, like, yeah. kind right. of, like, blunt and obvious, you know? Um, and then you got the scene with Katarina, too. And that one, she's, like, t- digging the knife into her and saying that, like, she's lying about Ulrich, saying that I actually was the one who broke it off. I told him he was crazy for wanting to leave you. Um, you know, she's, she's, she's wild, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very interested where that goes. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, she's got, you know, Tiedemann on the case. and uh, So, Tiedemann, he called Wohler, too, right? To kind of get him to help him? I think so. Wohler? Which one's Wohler? The one-eyed cop. Yeah, Alexander no. called. Is that, is that Tiedemann? Tiedemann, correct, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Alex, yes, Alexander called him to say, "I want, I want information on Ulrich." Right. I found that interesting that they are working together. That was that. That I, I really want to know what's going on with his eye, and if that's going to be explained. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, or, or did it, or was it something I missed? Did I miss something? No, you haven't in missed an it. Episode? No, you haven't missed it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. Keep keep an eye keep an eye on it. I should say. Right. Yeah. Right. Keep um, an eye out for it. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Hey, can we talk about this Greta and Noah scene because? Uh, and Gre- excuse me, Greta is uh, Helga's mom, and when right. she's talking to him about, I thought it was interesting. She was saying Helga might not be Burns' kid, and she said right. we're full mm-hmm. of sin. What did you guys take from that? Um, I want to get your opinion first before I kind of say what I thought. I felt like they were playing it so close to the vest that I wasn't ready to like. Is she talking about an affair? Is she talking about an assault? Right, uh, the option. They're being right? really mm-hmm. vague on purpose, so I'm just gonna. Have, I'm intrigued, and clearly, I'm gonna know more about it. But I, 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 I could not rush to judgment on that one yet, because it seemed like it could go either way. They were, they were being so cagey about it, just because of her personality being so withdrawn already. It's like I don't know which way that she that they're they're playing this, unless you had a different take, Doug. <laughs> um, I. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you're supposed to believe she's referencing an affair, and uh, I think we're we're also kind of led in this in this show to expect affairs. I think at this point, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we've we've already up to this moment in the show, we have two confirmed affairs in, uh, that we've been watching. Then there's the uh, the allusion to the third between. Uh, Tronta, yep. Tronta's father, uh, mother, and Helga's mother, mm-hmm. or or is no, not Helga's mother. Uh, uh, Doris, you're talking about. You're talking oh, about yeah, yeah. Aegon's Aegon's wife, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So there's this, there's this, a third suggested budding romance there, um, 
And so I think this other one's supposed to, with with Hel- with Helge's uh, mother, is supposed to suggest to us that uh, there there could be another fair. But this is because this would be the third or fourth. I'm expecting a twist on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm expecting it to be something more like uh, Helge is a genetic experiment, or he's. I was going to say. I was just going to say he's he's right about the age for a Nazi baby, isn't he? Yeah, he, or he's like a. Uh, he's an immaculate conception, some sort of thing. Like I, I'm not above expecting there to be a heavy religious tone coming into this show. Um, I mean, considering that Noah is the character who's pushing time travel, and like he doesn't seem to age. That's another note I had that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I just thought he was traveling through time. Yeah, he's traveling. We all are traveling through time, yeah. and as we travel through time, we age. So <laughs> even if you're going back in time to travel through time, you your uh, carbon decay is still going to occur at the same rate as it would at any other point where your gravitational pull is equivalent to the rest of your life. Unless we're seeing him out of order, and this is all like a three-month period for him. Sure, but we see all these characters out of order, and all of them age. Yeah, but he could be the one that's hopping between all three timelines knowing what he's doing. Sure, but still, like, he still has to spend a certain amount of time cultivating relationships with people like Helge, and like Helge's mom. And having this, like, ha- be—he's a—we're yeah. he supposed her. to assume that he's part of the community, right? Yeah, like, he's—he's yeah. he, he's a part of the community enough for, for Helga's mom to seek out his counsel mm-hmm. and not feel like he's weird and he's out of place. So, isn't that other than Helga? Isn't other than Helga? Isn't isn't Fifty Three the only place where he's kind of established? Fifty Three. Um, we've seen him in two thousand, or no, we've seen him in eighty six oh. with uh, but, but with not Mitchell. as a part, not as a member of the community. So he could be someone based in. That we've seen him in other travel to other times. He actually might have been in the community because Enos gets him to come. Somebody at the hospital gets gets him to come to, uh, to, to visit. You're right. You're right. You're right. So that is That's interesting. Um, Noah is a very interesting character. Obviously, he's he is scary. He gets the ominous tones every single time he's on the screen. And <laughs> right, he you know he makes references to prayers like Psalm twenty three six in this one. He talks about how the world is pain and chaos, um, and he's really like, kind of, uh, you know, justifying the reason that he's doing all of this, right? For for mm-hmm. Helga, I thought it was a really, uh, you know, great scene when Helga's trying to point the screwdriver at him, and Noah's like, "Oh, bring it on! I've been waiting," <laughs> you know, and like Noah, he's like, "Yeah, yeah I certainly think that Noah is definitely." I mean, Rob, I'm not saying he's not doing what you're saying. I'm saying that he still has to obey certain rules of of time. And and most of that has to do with how much time he commits himself to any given travel. Well, um, maybe maybe there, maybe he's a clone. Maybe. But I, I think that I don't I don't think we should overlook the significance of the religious overtones in his character. Sure. I think there's a reason why he's a he has a, a collar. I think there's a reason why he says the thing he says about um, what does he say? Machine something? being the Ark? No, I, I, not that specifically. Oh, sorry. More like the thing about him uh, talking about great men persevering. For yeah, their, pioneers. Uh, pioneers, the mm-hmm. pioneer idea. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, there's he, his intention is to do something amazing, fantastic that's never been done before. And I, I'm very curious to see why he's doing that draped in a Catholic, like, cloak. I want to know mm-hmm. what what that metaphor is really about. And I'm mm. expecting it to be a pretty significant part of the themes in the show mm-hmm. um, coming like coming up. But 
just just because of that because he's so enigmatic and he's so mysterious and he's so catholic <laughs> so like there, there's got to be something there um but but yeah i uh i yeah stay I tuned I, I think yeah, I think on that yeah one. Exactly, exactly right like we'll find out eventually yeah um no yeah noah yeah he, he's just justifying everything and he's yeah he's one bad dude from uh from at least the music is <laughs> letting leading me to believe that you know um, another guy who gets kind of yeah. ominous music is uh, Helga's dad, Burned. I was noticing he's kind of getting the Noah treatment um, every time he's on the screen. Did you guys pick up on that at all? Yeah, I did. I I, I didn't I didn't pick up on on the music so much. He definitely seemed like a a, a stark and uh, brooding figure. No, I, I you mm-hmm. know what he what when when he when he turned to um, the police officer. Tiedemann yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and said, "Find my, it, it, you will find my son." That there was definitely something in the air there. Yeah, that part that in was probably particular. underscored by the music. Absolutely. And um, so, did you guys connect? So, like, I don't think I got this the first time. So, like, I'm I'm just asking you guys. Did you know he's the same guy that Claudia's talking to at the at the power plant? The older the older version of no. him. See, I never picked no. it up like through three times watching. Now I know. Oh no. So, no, 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 no. That's that's Bern Doppler. He's he's the he is the old and like we know this like we're supposed to know this because he was right. giving the keys to her in like a previous episode. But right. it's it's really hard to follow. Like I I I definitely didn't pick it up the first time through. So I I, th- I think when well I watched this episode twice. I ju- I just finished watching it tonight again. Um and I did notice that character and I I know I thought to myself I know I'm probably supposed to know who this character is, but I don't. Um, and I just I just let it go because there's nobody you can ask. I can't just be right. like I can't pause it and look it up. Um, or I don't want to. So right, right. I, I didn't notice that he was the same character, but I did notice that it, it was odd. It, it's very much like the first time you realize in, in earlier episodes that you don't see Alexander as a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you sort of have that question of like, oh, I wonder what his story is, but then you move on because other things are happening. Right. That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. You just kind of got I just kind of got swept up and couldn't couldn't focus too much on it. And you got to be careful uh, looking stuff up because Ooh, yeah. spoilers abound. I didn't see any, but I I, I, I just couldn't remember uh, Hannah's name for whatever reason. I just wanted to look up Jonas's mom and Wikipedia. The way it was structured in like this grid, I could tell if I had gone any further, it would have been like this. Who is this? Which is this? And I was like, whoa! Yeah, and I got out of there as soon as I saw Hannah. Careful. Dude, it's even hard <laughs> to watch the show on like a streaming service because they they use like thumbnails for the the app. For the show, yeah, mm-hmm. to like advertising things, and sometimes those thumbnails have imagery that we haven't seen yet that right. like is suggestive, and it can it can kind of like again it can spur your brain to make connections where you wouldn't have had uh, reason to connect before. Oh yeah, I was so happy to make it through season three unspoiled. I thought for sure I was gonna oh, man. be spoiled. So, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, That's the goal. Yeah, no, if it is good, yeah, be careful, tread lightly when you're looking that stuff up, but. Yeah. Uh, did we uh, talk about Helga's last name last time? I can't remember. Doppler doesn't it mean Doppler double or D- double? Well, right? the, well, are you talking about the Doppler effect, or are you talking about the German what, word doppelganger? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, isn't it? Uh, I, it just it just it just underlines me because when I saw older Helga spying on younger Helga, Helga, and it took me a second. I'm like, oh wait, that's him. And then they cut to uh, I can't remember his the police officer again. Aegon. Aegon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hang on. Um, looking at his name, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's him. that's him. He's and I was thinking he's doubled. Is there like Helga Doppler? And I'm like, 
I see what you're doing, show. I yeah. see what you're doing. Yeah. But we don't see what happens to uh, older Helga at the end of this episode. No, not that. He was a, did, he, did he go down into the thing? Or, or did he's he just standing in the woods. Show? He's just standing okay. in the woods at this point, just watching his right. younger self be uh, hiding the house. Um, so that's where I mean, we I'm, left him. I don't know what younger Helga's up to, but I, I definitely am getting a sense of uh, sympathy for him. I, I, well, I feel mid-age, like they're trying mid-age. to show him be involved in these bad things, but I'm just like... There's more to that. I'm very curious about him. The middle-aged Helga? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so, Helga's such a sad character, but... yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually a note I have, is... is uh, he reminds me of that... He reminds me of, like, a Lenny archetype. Like, I can see it. He reminds me of, like, the simple but dangerous character. It's like... It's like the, the other one that sprung to mind... Again, not not as funny or, or, or comic, but uh, like a Herman Merman kind of character where you're this sort of awkward, potentially violent and dangerous, but also like soft-spoken person uh, who, who, again, is pretty simple, I think is the nicest way to put it. And I, um, I definitely feel like that's what we're supposed to feel for him. But at the same time, like, it, I, I'm I'm feeling the same thread being pulled that I felt when you watch uh, Hannah, like when you watch her evolution. It's like you're supposed to feel this sort of like empathy for her or sympathy, and then things are revealed and she isn't. She's no longer an innocent. She's no longer a victim. She's she manipulative. She's well. She victimizes other people too. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where Helga is going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's working for Noah, right? And we know he's one of the ones, you know, uh, taking the yeah. kids and murdering them. So he's definitely, you know, extremely problematic, right? So. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to learn why. Like, I mean, because yeah. it's not just him. It's not just Noah. You're also talking about, uh, I forget her name, uh, but the, the but Ulrich's partner's husband. Peter. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Ulrich's dad. They're They're both involved in it at least in the future yeah so like there's there's a lot of people and and that's that's a thread that has not been picked up for a long time like that's been sitting and waiting for a while because the i think the last time we saw those two characters uh maybe not the last time but the last time the the biggest one i remember is they're in the bunker looking at the timestamps on the wall that Mm -hmm. are telling you when certain things happen but we don't Mm -hmm. know that yet and they're they're like waiting and watching the clock till this thing happens also, yeah. German Norman Reedus. We 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 don't know enough about him yet. The Drifter. Ah, uh, the, the Stranger. Hotel. Right, right. Yeah, I can't the, remember his name either. The Stranger. He least. doesn't have a name yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't have it. Right, he's a stranger. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because we saw him, he uh, interacted with Jonas, kind of uh, t- telling him that yeah, Marge is your aunt. Deal with it, you know. Right. Yeah. So, and, then, and then breaking into the nuclear waste at the end of this episode. That's right. That's right. He did make a brief, you know, appearance at the end. Um. So I guess these barrels. That was another thing I had. Oh, very hard time following my first few times through. I think I'm finally starting to piece it together. Do you guys know what's going on with these barrels? <laughs> Something happens. Yeah. I, 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 right, right now where I'm at is whatever breach happens in time, the barrels need to be moved so they're not disturbed in a 
meltdown kind of way because I mean it happens. It seems like it's happening every time where the barrels exist. Because he, he made that comment about moving them back. Yeah, to a safe place in the caves. Right. Yeah. yeah I. Because I, there was an accident, right? So like they said, there was an accident right. in '86, and like the radioactive waste was collected into these barrels, and right. the barrels, they, they, it could have been worse. They said, right? It could have been like Chernobyl, but it wasn't. And they moved the barrels to the uh, the cave. I guess is what is what we're supposed to um, think. And then, so what's going on with Alexander making the door? I guess is what I'm quite. Um, is is that like trying to block anybody from getting easy access to the barrels? I, I feel like she just wanted him, wanted more. Yeah, more more protection. Yeah, she has that conversation with uh, Helga's father, where he, he says they're safe. She's like. That you call that safe, and he's like, safe as anywhere else. And I think that she has this idea of like, well, you know what would be safer is we put a, a door between them and anyone else. Um, but in terms of like what they are, um, I again, I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive to take the suggestion that they are simply nuclear waste at face value. Sure. Like sure. the idea that they are... Okay, so let's say uh, they talk about Chernobyl. What was the stuff that happened... In, in, in Chernobyl, well, everyday objects uh, got irradiated and were full of radiation and became radioactive. So what do you do with those? You put them in the, the steel drum, you lock them up, you collect all those objects. I think that's what we're supposed to think is happening. I don't think that the nuclear waste is like uh, radioactive runoff water like it would be for most nuclear plants. Like when usually when you fill up those drums, they're full of like cooling, there's coolant water that's radioactive. So... Uh, and you have to store them somewhere because they can't go back into the earth. Um, so I think that's it's. I think we're supposed to believe it's one of those two things. I'm worried. Not worried. I'm like, I'm worried that I'm building up too much of a fun eye option for what it is, and it won't be that. Um, but do you think what, it's filled with the bodies of radioactive children that have? Uh, oh, no. Yes, that's yeah, exactly okay. what I think. I, I think it is exactly. The, like the children who have traveled back in time all being collected and piled into these barrels. And I think when they get pulled open, that's what we're going to see. I would like that to be what we see, I guess is what I'm saying. That's, that's what I want to watch in my entertainment. But I'm, I'm a little like worried that I'm going to get something like, you know, it's tennis shoes and pocket protectors and ties. Yeah. And it's just going to be really boring. Well, right. Doug, you really want the show to earn uh, its title name, right? Dar really, that I mean, would, that's it, really dark. <laughs> yeah, you, you can. I mean, like in a, in a post Game of Thrones world, yeah, incest is still kind of dark. But <laughs> but We've you get into it. something like child murder. Yeah. You get into radioactive children bodies, and and like I, I mean, I gotta say, I wouldn't expect anything less from German artists. So like, bring it. Like, I want to see more. Let's see. Let's see what happens. That's uh, that's very interesting. I will not say anything else. Um, so, um, yeah, because we get a lot of Claudia. And, like, so I guess with the door, is she stopping anybody from spelunking down into the cave? or uh, No, because Charlotte does it later, too. So I don't really know. Um, well, the door, he, he's, he welds the door shut. So, like, the idea is that once that stuff's behind that door, you can't get back into it unless you've soldered open the door. Right, like, and was Charlotte well, roadblocked? I can't remember. Could she get through, or did she see the barrels? I don't remember. I know that Ulrich goes down there, finds the door, and beats the shit out of it. Right. Like he tries to break into the door, and he can't. He can't. And I think the trouble is, like, there's a, there's a couple caves, 
And so mm-hmm. this cave is not the same cave that has the doorway into the past and further past. Uh, this is a different cave that you have to dive down into, which I wanted to point out, it seems like every time somebody does it, they're in their, like, full work clothes and not, like, spelunking <laughs> right? Gear, right. which seems kind of odd. Yeah. But well, I mean, wa- watching her just just go down that rope, I'm like, oh, the Germans definitely have a, a good physical education program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was saying, Claudia, get her some leisure clothes or something because yeah, she's uh, I, yeah. She, I mean, she's always dressed in press, right? But I thought that was Very really true. Uh, Very that, true. yeah, that because like, I think we saw Charlotte. Charlotte wasn't really in spelunking clothes either, but Claudia, you know, is really dressed to the nine. So um, I, I did yeah, have that I, mean, same I note. think she's she's like wearing her heels. I think yeah. Uh, speaking of Claudia, she meets Bartosh too when she's uh, the older version of her comes and sees Bartosh towards the end of the episode. And yes. Bartosh's mind must have been spinning because, as far as he knew, she was dead. What'd you guys make right. of this? Either she time traveled. <laughs> well, we know she time traveled. Yes, definitely. Well, no, what I mean is either yeah. she, I think, okay, she may have time traveled into the future where she is dead. Oh, the further future. Okay, yeah, so. Well, yeah, I'm saying like the, the version of her that time travels to Bartosh and talks to him while he's playing PlayStation. <laughs> might be it is obviously a pre-death version of her but she actually may be dead in that time period and so when he says my mom says you were dead and she says something 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 yeah sure uh, <laughs> um she she actually may be dead in the in that timeline already and so are you not understanding what i'm saying i'm just you're not suggesting that uh the 86 version of her has grown her hair out within a couple of days and you're saying she's an alternate timeline? No, I'm saying that that there's no reason really right now. I don't have any reason to assume that time travel has to happen in these planetary aligned moments, but she's clearly older than her 86 self. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not following you. Well, what I'm trying to say is I don't know for sure that you can only time travel in the windows of time that these three incidents occur. Oh, right, right, right. Well, so, so I, I thought they set that up because because the Earth wouldn't be in the same place, and you'd be spinning out in space if you tried to try to and travel at other times. They mentioned the thirty-three years. I know that, that's all part the of the next. I know that they talk about that. I just sort of what I'm saying is like we haven't seen anyone try it. So here, so I've got it. I think okay. So the only way we've seen time travel so far is through the cave, right? But right. at the end of the episode, she brings the plans for like a time traveling device, right? right that uh, the the uh, clockmaker is going to make, right? Mm-hmm. So um, maybe like I I think there's something with that, right? Like, is there going to yeah. be another mode? Of, okay, you know, time travel. Is it only the caves, or it looks right. like something she's that lets her travel outside of the parameters we've already established? Correct. I mean, we yeah. we also know that that's kind of what Noah was trying to build. Like he says. That he's, they're trying to build a time machine that will let them record everything, I think is what he says, um, mm-hmm. past and future, something like that. And I don't really know what that means yet, but clearly the, there's, we, okay, we, we don't know why the caves allow you to time travel. We can assume it's some sort of like druidic, uh, Stonehenge-esque like uh, time travel mythology, or it could be really, really super advanced technology that we just don't know anything about yet Um, or a combination of all three right but what we do know is that they are working on a 
actual time machine, like a clockwork Wellsian time machine uh, that apparently works uh, and uh, you know is in is is like triggering. It's like it's like simultaneously through this episode, like triggering like the little the little uh, Da Vinci Code codexes are popping up uh-huh. and like. I, love I really it. liked watching that thing at it's work. A that was, transition. I, I, would, I did want to yeah. point out that I, I think the design of that thing was pretty amazing. Oh, and yeah. It was very really well yes. done. With that very intricate scroll work like you see in the back of a pocket watch. That uh, and then you know, and like etched into the metal, it was great. And like I said, that like that cryptex kind of like mm-hmm. tubing that looks like it's made of like maybe ivory or marble and wood. Like I just loved every part of that aesthetic was really Absolutely. amazing. Um but we, so we so we know that stuff happens. So what I'm saying is, perhaps that character is traveling to a future where she's already dead, mm-hmm. and talking to her grandson and asking him to do something for her in the future to affect a thing that's happening after she's died. So that him saying, "My mom said you were dead," would be accurate. In that timeline, she is dead. I, I think I'm following you now. Right. I would also like to show, too, I mean, they've, they've clearly set up the, I'm going to try to change something. And like you said, Brian, uh, in trying to change it, end up causing it to happen. Right. But it seems like there's still room for actual change to happen. And I want to see how you have to, yeah, what they have to do to get around that, um, I think it's the bootstrap paradox is what they call that. Yeah. They need a loophole when, or something. When you, when you cause the event you're trying to avoid. So if they could do both and work them both into the narrative, that would be very interesting. In, in the show, uh, pulling that off and, and explaining why one works and not the other and how much understanding you have to have of the events you're trying to change. Yeah, I think it's the whole question of the show, right? <laughs> Is, uh, can, yes, can you yes change, very much. Can you change the past and uh, what's going to... Probably are the some third of kind of paradox because everything in the show is about threes. Well, that would be a triadox. Triketa, they say. Yeah, no, it's... It's so complicated, so good. Um, I'm so excited uh, for you guys to see the finale because I think the season one finale is so awesome. Um, before we even uh, start, because there's a few more things, or a couple of quick hitters I want to talk about. You know, we have Ulrich. We should we should have mentioned this. You know, we have the 15 year old version of Ulrich being released by the old Aegon, and the 48 year old version of him being imprisoned by the young Aegon. And the parallels there are just crazy, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I mean, poor, poor guy, poor Ulrich in the in the fifties. <laughs> poor Aegon. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aegon's remembering this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know why I'm so sympathetic towards Ulrich. I think I just like the actor, but uh, yeah, he is he's, terrible. He, he's 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 great. He he does so much. Um. Yeah. And yeah, it can make him sympathetic, but also, God, he can be a dick. <laughs> oh, he he's terrible, deplorable, just just a terrible terrible human, but uh. <laughs> Bad mention, you know, but <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's kind of getting what's coming to him, I guess, right? But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see where that goes. So, um, what, anything else, guys, from the, uh, I, I know there's so much in that episode, <laughs> even as I go through my notes. Anything else to talk about? Uh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, got, yeah, keep going. More. Let's go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm um, game. I'm just making sure well, you guys are. What a- the things I talked about the last time we talked was this, my, my theory about the people who time travel having to be related or that possibly being a thing. And I think I'm not entirely open to the idea that that isn't still the case, but I will point out that a big hole in my theory has been exposed now, which is that 
apparently dogs can time travel. Oh, Gretchen. So, yeah, yeah. so that kind of, it kind of makes that uh, idea not, not as not as interesting or as valid. Uh, so I felt like I wanted to come clean on that one, that I, I did uh, notice that there's a there's a discrepancy in my theory there. Hey, um, Gretchen's part of the family. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I, yeah, I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything uh, at a point where we, do we learn... Or have we already learned the identities of the two dead boys who appear in the construction site in 1953? I think we can speculate that. I think we 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 can know who they are through through clues. Um, okay, so the the one my my I think the redhead must be the boy who's gone missing in the first episode. Yeah, Eric, right? the drug dealer. Eric, yeah, uh-huh. and the other one. Wait, what'd you say? The drug dealer, Eric. Yes, yes, yeah. the drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And then the other one. That's the one I can't remember who that is so i think that's supposed to be yasin who was uh the deaf boy they the reason i think that is they said right right yeah yeah he they said he was either mediterranean or arabic and i think i i just yeah. think that probably describes the features of yasin a little bit more than anybody else we've seen in the show so i, I just forgot about that yeah. character <laughs> right no he's, <laughs> he's only in it like one episode or uh, maybe two right, right. So. so many so many moving parts yeah have we talked about the, the, the two women in 1953? No, not yet. Uh, and the, the ones with the budding oh, affair? I did talk about that, yeah. We referenced okay, okay. it. Because, yeah. I, 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 again, with the names, I don't remember their names, but that's... So they never say um, door. They really ne- like. I've been look. I was looking for it as I was rewatching it, and it's Aegon's wife. Aegon's right? wife. Her name is Doris, and it's not a spoiler Doris. or anything. It's just they don't really say it ever in the show. But that's her name's just Doris. So I, I, I okay. just like to have it for for her. Um, so Agnes and Doris, yeah, you're right. We, we see a budding romance between them, right? Um, she's getting mm-hmm. the dress. Uh, she thinks she could be uh, having tea with the Queen of England, and it's it's a really nice scene because she doesn't get the attention from Aegon, right? Right. But she's clearly, you know, out of her depth and, and and completely stymied by the situation. Yeah, this elegant woman who's you know come in and shown her these new things, you know. Mm-hmm. And where is her husband? Where's where is? Okay. Uh, his the what, what's his name? Uh, uh, Tranta's dad. Okay, that's something I've, I've been wondering. Yeah. Is like they ask about it briefly. They talk about it a little bit, but there's isn't, what is, isn't he dead? They said that's he's what dead. They want you to think. Yeah, Agnes. Oh. Agnes said like. that he was a pastor, but he was a man of little faith, and they were married for fifteen years. Like Noah. Noah. Yeah. yeah uh huh. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's like, that's instantly what I thought too, you know? So, um, that's a very, you know, that's, that's hanging out there. So, right. mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, cause he's the only pastor we know in the show, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so we have that thread. I mean, they're really interesting. Like I love, there's some sort of like mysticism and mystique when they, sh- when they shoot the fifties and especially with, um, with Agnes in particular, I don't know. Uh, what it is about either the actress or how they film her, but she's like got this glowing aura about her. I don't know if I'm, I, she's, uh, they, they did a great job with the actress, I think, because she's so alluring. And I think, you know, Doris is, you know, uh, <laughs> Doris is getting the brunt of that right now. She's, she certainly is. Doris kind of reminds me of uh, Carrie Mulligan. I'm not sure who Carrie, who is Carrie Mulligan? Uh, she's in drive with Ryan Gosling. Okay. Okay. I'd have to look at uh, Sally Sparrow in blink with the doctor who episode. You know, it's kind of funny because, like, when my wife and I are watching the show, she'll mention that she's like, "I think I've seen this uh, actress or actor in something," and I'm like, "Really? From what what German show are you watching?" You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, but uh, that's funny because, like, no, they, they clearly all the doppelgangers are in Germany. 
That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do such a good job. All the characters um, across like the generations really look like the characters they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the strengths of the show, obviously, but uh, the casting is so spot on. Yeah, Agnes certainly looks like she could have stepped out of like the crown or something like that and, and walked into dark where, mm-hmm. where while the name dark could suggest a type of lighting, which isn't necessarily on an unfair comparison to the, to the way the show shot it, but it, I would say it's more gray. <laughs> like the show, like the show yeah. has a lot of like muted, uh, even, I said this last time, but this even lighting that makes everything, most things in the show feel kind of, uh, flat. Mm-hmm. And, and like sort of maudlin and uh, it's and, and her character comes in like you said kind of glowing and, mm-hmm. and like looking really elegant or, or in comparison to everybody else um, and I, I, I agree that that's I don't know I don't know what if I'm supposed, what I'm supposed to take out of that but I think it is worth acknowledging yeah she's almost like uh, like you said like she could be in the the crown or she could also be like from Hollywood like I feel like from that time period sure. you know like uh, I could see her like hanging out with Marilyn Monroe or something you know um, so um, yeah I, I think I think she's really interesting um, and I I really like that you know I, I don't know if I, that I like that but I like that uh, she's you know giving Doris some attention because you know Aegon's just never never home he's a man of his job so um, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where uh, I did it, there, there was even more stuff. The Magnus and Francisca. We had a scene with them um, where Magnus shows her the uh, the necklace, and she's like, "Nah, just because we're fucking doesn't mean I have to tell you everything." Right. I, I definitely had a thought there where I was like, "Oh, I really hope this actress is over 18. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I think she is, but that's a good point. There's yeah. There's some uncomfortable moments. <laughs> I think and, it's and uncomfortable to have, even if the character's underage, to have nudity of a character yeah. who's underage makes me feel uncomfortable. And I guess I'm presuming she's underage because she's in high school. Um, right. But, like, I don't know. I just wanted to acknowledge that made me feel weird. Yeah, there's Sorry definitely that... some... Pl- no, there's <laughs> definitely some scenes that are uh, straight, uh, definitely uncomfortable and dark. We've talked about... And you French- know, some... Francesca's the... Um... A police officer's daughter, right? Yeah, she is. She, okay. Yeah. Just wanted to keep that straight because I haven't seen her for a while. Older sister of the other deaf girl. Yes. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um. So. Um. And she, you know, she they have that they had that scene before. Magnus was following her, and that's where he found the necklace. And he thinks she's up to something nefarious, and she's not ready to tell him what's going on yet. So. Mm-hmm. Um. And then she leaves, and I, I liked the scene. Like Martha just looks like a mess on the couch there. I was like, nice, bong, <laughs> nice bong, Martha. <laughs> she's going in the living room there, but uh, uh, so yeah, Martha because Martha and her they it's kind of an interesting relationship, right? Because she's like, why aren't you telling me these secrets? And it's like Magnus isn't going to be like, hey, guess what? I'm banging Francisca, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I never really updated my siblings too right. often on my sexual encounters. Right. Pretty uncomfortable, but you know, this is the show of you know incest, so maybe it's a little different there. I don't know. <laughs> point well we also had that question about like how uh, the last time we spoke about like what ha- are are they twins like are they ah uh, yeah uh, is there they're pretty they seem to be relatively close in age like mm. it, if they are Maybe twins she has an expectation of more information yeah. right like more sharing because twins tend to be closer uh they have right. that like that scene where they sleep in the same bed together and they want to be close to each other again i'm not i, I didn't read no, anything no, no. sexually that was, on that, that was completely but, like, sweet but right. i see what you're saying 
Right. That, that, that level of intimacy between siblings, I think, is not entirely unfair for her to expect a little bit more uh, information. She, like, she, she, her question is, like, why are we keeping secrets from each other? She says something like that to him. Like, I, maybe she doesn't want to know, like, every time they're having sex, but just, like, it's, it's hard for her to handle new information like that when their other brother's gone and still missing. Yeah, no, I, I, that whole family is dealing in their own way. I always say that oh, they, yeah. they never even talk. They don't even know each other. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all doing their own thing. And, uh, I, there's the scene where Katarina's like, do you think Ulrich and I sit around holding hands? And like, she's just, <laughs> she was cracking me up. She's got jokes for days, man. I just, I can't <laughs> believe Katarina. Um, not fit to be principal, but, uh, she makes me laugh. She makes yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, uh, the other scene I wanted to mention again with Alexander saying he's going to come back every day, I thought Claudia should have just been like, okay, then you're going to meet security. We'll send you away. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when we're ready for you, Alexander. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so hey, shocked man. that Regina has a friend. Sorry. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, it, it worked for him. Like, his his insistence, like, it, I mean, it's a oh, little yeah. fantasy, but, like, it's still, like, hey, I guess that's good for him. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try that next time I need a job. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, speaking of Regina, that's that's kind of where I wanted to go next, um, is talking about a, a couple couple things. The first one is I wanted to acknowledge how incredibly beautiful the sequence of her... Uh, it's not the first time this has happened, but it's, it, it's the first time I've really been struck hard by it. But the, the imagery of her standing at the desk in the hotel by herself just standing still with no one there there's this really beautiful imagery there of her being ready to serve being like ready to at a moment's notice to do anything anybody asks her to do but there's but she's so insignificant to the world around her and at large that there's no one to even ask her to do anything because she she's useless to people but and at the same time like there's this beautiful uh imagery of her like collecting dust like her literally standing still Mm -hmm. in time as the world passes around her and like the way that that was visually represented felt so emotionally crushing that like i really appreciate it felt very german and i loved it (laughs) Uh, and it uh and then like for her to like but then but then for her to like like sort of gather herself together and be like, okay, I guess I'm going to go start cleaning. Like that was also kind of inspiring. Like she's, she knows she has breast cancer. She's going through all this stuff. And, uh, and she just gets up and starts cleaning. And then she, of course, like just happens to walk into the one room where they, a guy who's a time traveler is bunking up. Um, seems a little convenient. I mean, I can't count how many times it's happened. Well, cause we've only seen the one. I feel, is it she may the... happen every time in each one of those timelines. We don't know. Right. If, is, uh, she, is she the only staff member there? Sorry. <laughs> I, just, that, I think so. Yeah. I think she must I, be, I right? feel like it's a, it's a hotel on the wane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a grand dying Budapest out. situation. Yeah, I that's, so. that's another question I had was, like, and this just occurred to me, uh, I might be putting too many things together, but uh, is that hotel the same building that was Helga's family's house when he was a kid? Ooh, that's interesting. I'm not sure, um, but I, I I really like that because I don't think obviously Helga doesn't live in that house anymore. So that's that's a good point. I do not know the answer to that, but that is right, a like, cool point. It, it certainly makes me wonder because like we know that her mom was really close to Helga's dad, right? Uh-huh. So like maybe my thought is like maybe at some point 
he sold their house to her, like as he was dying, or maybe Helga did. Maybe Helga, after his parents died, were like, "Just you, just buy the house for me, and I'll I'll have money, and I can quit working at the power plant, and I can just have my my you know place in the woods." Um, and <laughs> then they turned that coins. into a hotel because they're entrepreneurial and like you know whatever. Uh, that anyway, that's something that it, it just occurred to me because I was trying to imagine like. Okay, so we've seen Helga's house as a kid, and it's enormous. It's a mansion. It's way too big for three people. And then I was trying to think of like where, where of the locations we've seen in the in Winden are big enough to justify that hotel, and that was the only one I could think of. Now it's not to say there aren't more than four buildings in the whole town, but it I don't know. It just occurred to me that it might be another connection. Yeah, I like. Are that. we also seeing the rise and decline of Winden, which is just occurring to me now? Because we see we keep focusing on like all the hopeful um, subdivision, you know, artwork coming soon in 1950s, and then the right. 80s we have a power plant and we're profiting and we're and we're prosperous, and then now at least the the imagery of the dusty, empty hotel is occurring to me. Is it? Is this like the life cycle yeah. of Winden? And the well, power and the plant's show, closing. And, and the power department's shutting. Yeah. The power right, 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 right. Yeah. right Good right. call. Yeah, great call, Rob. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, yeah, I didn't even think of that because yeah, like we see the poster right, and that it right, looks so hopeful. Keep on that billboard. <laughs> yeah. Of the future. Right, and they say in the '80s, like everybody in town works. Ba- like if you work in town, you work for the power plant, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you're like the uh, for the police or the school, but you know, <laughs> other than that, you know, I don't know what else is going on there. So yeah, no, I think that's. I think we are seeing the decline. I think that uh, I, I never made that connection, but I really like that. Um, all right. I, uh, I would like to like. I have another question about like. Well, it's not really a question, but it's just like we have this prostitute character that's only shown yes. up a couple times, and he shows right. up in this episode again. And um, I'm. It's the kind of thing where it's it's too flashy, like it's too specific and like gaudy or whatever word you want to use for like attention getting it's too Mm -hmm. that to not be anything but it also isn't anything yet (laughs) and so like i'm i'm very much waiting and excited for whenever that reveal happens and we learn what that who that character is related to who they are what they do why they do what they do like absolutely i was very concerned for that character in this episode yeah, at the end, right? Went and, and broke into the truck, and I was like, "Oh, right, okay." Yeah, and I like how you mentioned the you know who who are they related to because we don't know in the, you know in this show almost everybody you know <laughs> seems like there's. Yes. So I think that's a good yeah. call. And that character is clearly that. important because yeah. I think they even made the montage at the beginning. Yeah, I think I think you know I think they pretty much they put the whole cast in that montage at the beginning, yeah. which was really cool, and I really especially liked how they put. You know, the characters who were the same, you know, one, two, three, right in order. If they had like the 50s, the 80s, and the 2019, that was really helpful, yeah. you know. Um, I, I, I'm excited to learn about how Aegon, uh, uh, mm-hmm. he's the cop, right? Yep, that's right. Um, I'm, I'm excited to learn how he dies because clearly he's dead. And I'm not saying I want, I want the character to be dead, but like, it's interesting to notice that there are certain characters who do not appear in later timelines or right? earlier. Yeah. Or, or I earlier. guess because they haven't been born yet. Never mind. That was dumb. Yes, that's yes. <laughs> yes, you you continue to blame yourself. Um, uh, the um, but like like characters like him or and like we learned with uh, Claudia. Is that the name of the woman who t- who was time traveling yep. earlier? The the uh, Regina's mother. Mm-hmm. Regina's mm-hmm. mother. <clears throat> 
like characters like that who we either are know are dead or presume are dead, like all these different things. I'm very interested to see like where they go, what happens to them, etc. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I'm really, uh, I think you guys are hitting on a lot of cool things, and I'm. Uh, I think the finale is gonna uh, provide some clarity. So I think <laughs> I'm, I'm excited uh, to hear what you guys will think about that when you guys get there. But my, uh, my last note is that yeah. I'm. I I believe that Hannibal crossed the Alps, Alps on elephants. With the elephants, yeah. <laughs> that was Bern Doppler talking to Claudia about that, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Of course he did. Of course he did, because I want it to have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's too cool. It's too cool of a weird story to not have happened. Yeah, it is pretty specific as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, what's up with Helga and the acorns? I mean, is it just that? that that's, oh, that's, I mean, that's what he, I, I think we've seen them before, but I was just like, it's like that's how Helga passes his time, huh? So it's just <laughs> <laughs> my thought with that. That was one of those moments where I was like, oh, he seems kind of simple. I think that's it. Uh, I think that's the thing. Like, yeah. I think it's just a, a visual representation of like how this simple person passes the time yeah, this murderer like, right too but he's yeah. also yeah but he's also very but, simple too yeah but he has that he has uh. that childlike quality of like making toys out of like nature right and right. and that that really speaks to me as a like you know that that sort of uh I'm trying to remember like I, I know i've seen characters like that before like the the simple murderer like the the, the childlike murderer and not even like going to a lenny direction because that sure it's, it's tragic in that sense but like um, it, it, it definitely feels that way of, of just trying to showcase how easily entertained he is or how, how little he needs in life to be, yes. to feel, con- to feel content. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Right, he can, yeah. he can, he can be fulfilled by what's around him. Right. As long as some of it's murdering children. <laughs> See, I don't think so though. I think that's no, I, him I, being I manipulated. I yeah. think he's being like taken advantage of. Right. We, we started to see that. him break free, right? At the end, or he was trying to, but then you know Noah just is like, no, you are not breaking uh, free from me. <laughs> Noah's inside his head. Yeah, living rent free. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, and then yeah, we talked about the ending with uh, the plans for the time machine. Um. Yeah, that guy. Tan, that guy's name's Tanhouse. He's yeah. He's he's been the present. author of the book. Yeah. yeah, the author of the book. Correct. Yeah, he's been he's pretty crucial to the you know time travel aspect. We saw him like I mean, build I, the battery. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> I'm a little worried about it getting too convoluted. Like I, it's that's one of those like like warning signs for me that the show might be drifting more towards the bad end of the way Lost went. What? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, the idea that like. Yeah. Like, okay, like, it's chicken and egging, right? Like, yeah. what came first, the time machine or the idea for the time machine? At this point, it's like someone has an idea for the time machine, they build the template, and then they need to have a guy in 1953 like, make it right. or whatever. And that that's where I'm like, I feel like this could be really fragile, and I no. really hope they figure it out. No, or I really hope is, they don't let is, me know. This is standard time machine stuff. This is fine. I'm fine with yeah. it. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I, think, just, I think he's going to be on hand when the show starts getting really complex to help us walk through things. Yeah. He's kind of like the narrator too, right? He I think he's the guy. He book the, on it. Yeah. I hate you so much for making that joke before I did. <laughs> he, he is also the narrator, I believe, a lot of times at the beginning. Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't know that. I think that's yeah, so who he it is. is walking us through it already. Yeah. I, I, think, like, I think he's the guy in the very first episode who has the voiceover. And I think in this episode he has the voiceover. I could be wrong, but that's that's what I, that's what I always thought about that. 
So. Well, we we could all be wrong, but what yeah. I know <laughs> is that is that you, Brian, have not indicated that you've been disappointed with the show. No, yeah, up until the end. So, yeah. like, I'm taking that as a big like comfort in yeah. knowing that, like, if you liked it enough to start a podcast about it while you were going through season three, then it must be. It's got to hold up. It's got to hold up. So. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the faith in that sense. Yeah, well, geez, a lot of pressure now, so I hope you guys like it. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, do think, uh, I do think it holds up. I think it certainly did a better job than Lost. So um, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, you know, say too much more about it. But, uh, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy it. And I, um, I, the, I can't, I really, I hope I'm not hyping the finale, but I really like the season one uh, finale. So um, I'm, exci- I'm really excited for you guys to see that one. Probably gonna go watch it after this. Yeah, right I on. won't. Yeah. But uh, so don't spoil it. Just send me another shocked photo of you, and then I'll I'll know it's still good. Yeah, screenshot okay. shock face. You know. Yep. Yeah. Did you have any more notes, Rob? Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I think I think I'm through. The only thing, uh, Tronto's young James Dean kind of laughed at that. Um. <laughs> I I I liked um, young Tronta. I don't know, I'm trying to just figure out what I, how I feel about him because, like, it's really interesting to watch him as a younger person and know what he becomes and know how his relationships with people evolve because there's something sort of, like, foolish about him. Yeah. There's something, mm-hmm. like, sort of... Uh, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a catch-22 almost because, like, on one end, I feel like he kind of seems a little bumbly he kind of seems like he doesn't really have a good grip on most things. But at the same time, I kind of wonder if that's just because the stuff he's actually dealing with is literally time travel and he doesn't know that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. wouldn't wouldn't even the smartest guy look like an idiot if he was trying to unravel a paradox or, like, a supernatural mystery, but he was never clued into the stuff he was dealing with was supernatural. No, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's been through trauma too, you know. Let's yeah. Say, yeah. So um, I, he does look lost, and I think you know time travel would be as good of an explanation as any. So for him, so that is that is interesting. And does he? Do, I don't think we've. Does he, is he have a wife in in nineteen fifty six? Not in fifty three. Uh, in eighty six, though, he's married to Yana. Uh, Tr- uh, Tranta, are we talking Tranta? Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Tranta. Yeah, he, so he's married to Ulrich's mom, right? He's uh, Yana is her name, and she smacks Aegon in the no, episode. No, I'm. I must be talking about the wrong. The the Tranta is is uh the police officer, right? No, Tranta is Ulrich's dad. That's Aegon. Aegon, my bad. The police I'm, officer. I'm thinking about Aegon then. I'm thinking about Tiedemann. Okay, Tiedemann. I was yeah. thinking about Tiedemann being the the guy who's trying to and, and he's he's treated like he's a dummy <laughs> and he's like trying to figure out where uh, you know Ulrich is in the past and the future and like that. Sorry, that's what I was trying to describe. Uh, okay. All right. No worries. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about Egon too. He doesn't look like you know that. He still looks kind of like baby faced. I don't know for a cop like he's yes. like in the fifties. Yeah. He's not like the uh, and then like contrast that with you know in the eighties and he's past the prime. We never really see yeah. the, you know, maybe the in-prime uh, Aegon, but uh, yeah, I think that's but, a good call. But is he married? Yeah, Doris, right? Uh, his, yeah, he's married to Doris. He's married to the, um, with Agnes. to the one that's with Agnes, yeah, the yellow dress in this episode. Oh. That's his it wife. It looks like German Carrie Mulligan. Uh-huh. And their daughter is? Uh, Claudia. It, I'm so sorry for all of this. No, just... no, I think it's good, <laughs> wait, wait, good wait. to clarify. I thought... 
Wait, Aegon does have a daughter? Aegon's daughter's Claudia. I thought Aegon didn't have kids. No, Aegon's daughter is... Is is she not the Ulrich's partner? No, that's... Uh, <laughs> this is so this confusing. Is awesome. Okay, so hold on. Let, let me stay with this for a second. So Aegon's da- Aegon and Doris have Claudia. Okay. And Claudia has Regina, right? But we don't know who okay. the father is. But she has an affair. But she has an affair with Tranta. And right now, yes. And, and we, in the sequence, when Alexander shows up, uh, Katarina calls her Tiedemann. Yes, she calls Regina Tiedemann because she's she Claudia's daughter. Daughter yeah. and and uh, Aegon's Aegon's granddaughter. granddaughter, right? Which right. is why <laughs> Katarina's mad at her because she told her dad. Yes. Yeah, she her believes. She believes she told right. her grandfather. Yeah. grandfather that, that there was okay. rape. Hannah, yes. Hannah, Hannah said that Hannah gave Katarina the idea too that it wasn't Hannah that told on right. her. It was right. uh, it was actually Regina, and that's what leads to the whole confrontation. Yeah. So wait, so who's Tranta? So Tranta, okay, so <laughs> it's Ulrich's dad. Ulrich's dad and but Agnes. Who's in fifty in fifty three? Agnes's He's son. He's the little boy. Or, yeah, Agnes's son, the elegant woman. Right, right, right. They're walking through the woods. Yeah, he he's the one who I was like, who's his dad? And we talked about knowing that he's a pastor and that it might, it could be the only pastor we know. The only person we know in that area is Noah. So, so if I have this right, Ulrich's grandmother and Tiedemann's wife are very close to having an affair. Yes. <laughs> so this this family is intertwined all the way back. Oh, you Not betcha. only that, but we, but it, we talked about this in, in episode six. Or, or uh, but yeah. that there there are these like rhyming, recurring yep. affairs that are happening with That's this true. family, oh, yeah. where That's both true. both Ulrich and Tranta and his mom are involved in extramarital affairs in the respective timelines. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. It happens again and again, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe so. That's why you need to travel through time. I'm really interested to see uh, what my expectation is, is, is that Helge will be a, he, he will be, he's kind of supposed to be the villain. I, I don't really buy it right now. Right. Because obviously Noah's the bigger villain. Right. But I'm excited to see what I'm hoping happens in the season finale, which is some sort of redemption of him going back in time and like trying to do something and change things. Because he, that's something he mutters to himself in an earlier episode is this idea yeah. of like, I, I can stop it. I can change it this time. Something like that. And I'm very interested right. to see where that character's redemption goes. Um, I'm also kind of like excited for the next couple of seasons because as Rob mentioned, really being interested to find out how this show handles like three seasons because this first season is so dense and complicated. And I think one of the things I am expecting, because I think that's where we're going now, is like what are we expecting for the next couple of seasons when, being that we haven't seen them, uh, is... I would kind of expect one of the seasons, if not both of them, to involve handling paradoxes. So, like, what happens when everything we expected, everything we know about season one happens, but what happens if we throw wrenches into them by by actually someone going against the way things already were expected to go? Or changing something that we've already seen, even. Or adjusting another thirty-three years in the future, and yeah. ha- and, go- and like moving forward, or moving backwards, or whatever. I don't know, man. It's it's got a lot of. I I think there's essentially the way the show's structured. There's almost nothing it can't do, except leave Winden. You know, except leave Winden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like it's I, a black hole. Yeah. No, that was, that was awesome. Of time. I, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, because yeah, of time. Yeah. Um, 
Oh man, I'm I'm excited for uh, <laughs> what you guys will see soon. So, um, yeah, no, this this episode's crazy, and you know we have you, you're talking about the big villains, right? There's Helga. Is it Noah? I think it's Hannah. I think we'll just go with Hannah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Hannah's definitely the the one with, that has she. I think her problem is is again archetypally she starts out as a victim, yeah. and she's leaning in. I mean, episode ten's the finale, so you're she's leaning into being the the arch of the series of, of at least this season. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. Well, because everybody else <laughs> no. starts. All these other characters start as the bad guys, and we learn more empathy for them, or they're we're, we're supposed to believe they're the bad guys. Because, like I said, I think Helge is one of those like simpletons who's been taken advantage of, and is is like we're. I think we're kind of supposed to, like Ulrich does, believe that he's just a child murderer, and clearly he's involved. But like as we saw with the screwdriver scene, he's got reservations, he's got second thoughts, uh, he's resisting in some way. And there's somebody else clearly pulling his strings. Yeah. And, By uh, that logic, you could you could argue that maybe Jonas is going to be the ultimate villain. Because oh. he's the nicest and has been the nicest. Well, we also don't really know what he's going to do next. Like he, he's, he hasn't really been the nicest. He just has been the least effective. That's like, true. He, he's been yeah, more he has like... He earnest face. You, you, you identify with him because he's done so little. He's us. Yes. Yeah, he's learning. He's, as far as we know. Yeah. He's a, he's observing the show as we are. Like, he's right. standing there watching things happening and, and just reacting to it like we are. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think Jonas could... I, I, I'm still interested in learning who the stranger is, but I feel like unless... There's a lot that the finale is going to have to handle, and I imagine that what it doesn't handle will be season two. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also tough. very curious what happens if Hannah gets wind of the time tunnels. Right. Oh. Right. Oh, that's a beautiful question. Because how much more uh, havoc could she wreak in four dimensions? <laughs> and what would she do? Like, would she go back and stop her husband from killing himself? Would she go back and stop Ulrich from marrying Katarina? Would, and could like, she affect things because she doesn't necessarily have an intention? She just wants to cause misery for people. See, I'm kind of expecting it to turn into like a... Uh, uh, an end game, like an Avengers end game thing where you have characters showing up in sequences where it, from season one and like peeking around the corner and watching them happen. And then like going around and affecting things to make sure they happen in a certain way while their past selves interact with them as if it was natural. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think all, everything is possible. <laughs> but this, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, Hannah, I just uh, can't can't get past uh, her actions. Uh, they're unacceptable mm-hmm. in these right. episodes. So, um, yeah, she's me and my wife are talking. My wife is like, "Yeah, Hannah's a little baddie." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you better believe it." So, so far, she's she's the one you can't you can't sympathize with. No, you put yourself in in all their positions. You'd be like, "I can I can at least see where you're coming from," but that one, you're like, "Damn." Like uh, Hannah, yeah. Like I'm, my face is like permanent cringe whenever like Hannah's doing something in this uh, <laughs> in this season. So yeah. I mean, I'm 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 the guy who is, like is the only person in the world who flies the Team Dursley flag. <laughs> yes. So, like <laughs> I I definitely don't agree with that. Like no. I don't agree that th- that she is uh, like inexcusable. <laughs> I don't agree that she's. Uh, unsympathetic i think that like 
I think that that is what they want you to think. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I sympathize think that, with like, her, but... <laughs> I, I, so, like, like I said before, though, like, she's, like the Dursleys, <laughs> she, she is, she's, her only crime up to a certain point, even up to this point in this episode, is not really being able to, to cope with the hand life dealt her. Yeah. So she's she goes out and she try like like any of us would to a certain extent. She sees things that she wants and she tries to attain them. She tries to achieve them. She has goals. There are things standing in her way and she tries to overcome them. Yeah. Now people standing in her way, I might add. But yeah, that's, 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 hey, obstacles are obstacles. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> I think that like <laughs> you're saying the ends justify the means. No, not at all. Uh, okay. What I'm saying is, don't do that to me. <laughs> um, I think that uh, she's, she is, I'm not saying that her actions are moral, and I'm not okay. saying that they're just. What I'm okay. saying is that they are the actions of a person who's in pain. And I think it's not, and I think in the way that I would want to correct the behavior of someone who's doing destructive things that are doing it coming from a place of pain is to be sensitive to that pain and try to work them through the pain and give them new tools to be better in their life and no, and not be destructive anymore. Like, except that you can't just have somebody else's husband, like <laughs> let that go. Like let's, let's grow through this. It's going to suck, but you have to grow through it. And I, I, I worry, I, I just, this is like a philosophical thing, but like in, I, I don't, Rob knows this, but like I have, uh, this part of my uh, personality that really fights against these ideas of moralizing against people's behavior that stems from pain. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that that's a trap that is easy to fall into, especially when, when, when you're talking about fiction, because fiction is deliberately constructed in ways to make you feel certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I find uh, gratification in challenging those expectations that I like, like if I'm like if you're on a uh, like a, a a railroad, you're on one track and you're being pulled down this one track. But I look around and go, well, what's over there? Like what's off the track? What am I not seeing because I'm stuck in this one perspective? And when it comes to motivations of characters, it's not it's it's easy for me to figure that out or like like expand my thought process to 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 being empathetic to them. And so like I think that again. I'm only speaking of having much to show up to this point because at this point we also know that she's blackmailing Alexander <laughs> right. to destroy uh, Ulrich, and that's yeah. pretty messed up. But it's not—I don't think it's cartoonishly bad. Like it's not like she's the Shredder saying, "I want to eat <laughs> the Ninja Turtles." Like it's, right. it's not like it's not like like tonight I dine on turtle soup. It's like <laughs> I am in such pain that. And I have so little control over my life, and and she keeps having people burst into her house and scream at her <laughs> right. that like she just wants out. And I think she's the 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 performance might be a part of it that's like not lending to my theory that well because the performance of the actress who plays Hannah is very like uh, emotionless, like it's very like stony um, and cold. So like I, I it's like, it's what? hard to like she'd be a challenging case. But I'm saying that there's there's always I think there's there should be hope like like there's, you, there's two seasons of a of a convoluted show left yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah there, there's we're at the point I think of like 
she's she's Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi, where we're taking the helmet off of her, and we're like, we can save you. And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you that. can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Doug, I'm, I'm really looking forward to when I get to the Half-Blood Prince and I hear your impassioned <laughs> defense of Voldemort. That is going to be great. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I want... Yeah, I, I like what you're saying too, because like, everybody's dealing with pain, and uh, and especially in this show too. A lot, there, a lot of it is response to pain, right? You get Ulrich's response mm-hmm. to pain, um, dealing with the kids. Like he goes uh, full into his job trying to figure out this investigation to the point where it leads him to you know trying to kill a boy in the fifties. So you know, all these characters' motivations come from like they're trying to help, they're they're in pain, but. Uh, I don't know how much Hannah's trying to help, but, you know. No, but, but you bring <laughs> yeah. up a good point. Like, what, like, so Ulrich is partners with Helge's daughter, right? Daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law, excuse uh-huh. me. So at no point does anybody say, hey, how did Helge get all those scars all over his face? So oh, I no think p- it's in the canon. They, they know he disappeared and, and came back. Like, yeah, in the 50s. Oh, okay. they know no, we just dis- haven't gotten to that yet. We haven't gotten okay. to him reunited with his family. Yeah, there's a phone conversation where Peter was saying that uh, the, there, he disappeared for a few weeks in the 50s and he had an accident in the 80s. So and we, okay. haven't, we haven't seen that yet. So right. there's, there's a couple. But of, I'm still not sure about, like, I when I first saw it, I, I the way either the way it was shot or... I thought that the the bunker was tied to the cave somehow. I wasn't at all sure that Ulrich was inept and didn't kill him. I thought maybe there was something else going on that brought him back, but it's seeming like he just didn't know how to kill a child. Yeah, I think it just didn't work. I think he. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. Or or yeah, it just didn't happen, right? You know. You know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Ulrich could have just terrible planning. That's that's all I can take yeah. away from him. Well, I mean, you know, not knowing how to kill a child, at least in, in my wheelhouse, is the hallmark of the of the arc villain. So Hey Doug, like, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying good point. I'm talking about uh, after uh, the the blueprint problem is uh, if I put myself in an Ulrich's body after this all happened, I'm getting out of there. And he's just <laughs> sitting there and staying there. This guy, you know, he yeah. Just yeah, <laughs> makes me so mad. <laughs> I I I, oh, I don't think you have to wait till Half Blood Prince to hear me defend Voldemort. Yes, but, but. Um, I think it, it. I think there's a there's an episode in uh, Order of the Phoenix Good. where I I get into some of those things a little bit. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think that like Ulrich Ulrich has some some serious issues going on. That's yeah, for sure. big yeah. time. Yeah. Oh man! Well, guys, we are closing in on the two-hour mark. This has been this, Holy has, been, cow. this has been fantastic, though. I've, I've had a wide-ranging conversation. Really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> any other notes? Should I say? I can't think of anything uh, else now. I think I got. Um, I think I got mine out now. I. Uh... I could probably like. I could probably talk for another two hours, I guess. But like <laughs> the. Uh, um... I really want to have one more note, but I don't know if I do. Um, oh, um, we haven't seen, have we seen anything in the 50s about birds crashing to the ground? Am I, yeah, am I remember? yeah, yeah. We haven't because, seen birds for a while, have we? Uh, you know, Helga collects dead birds, right? The, right. The, right. The, oh, yeah, right. I do remember that. Right, he shows so. Ulrich, and, that, and Ulrich thinks, oh, he's, he's a psychopath. He's like, he's good, I can killing, kill him. He's been killing small animals. <laughs> right. 
he's looking for an excuse to like maybe like okay now I can kill him because he's killing small to make him animals. to make him fit the serial killer framework right yeah, exactly. exactly right right but yeah I think the uh, implication is the time travel happened right and the that's how yeah, he yeah. got the birds so yeah I, like, I, totally, is it, I totally forgot about the birds but is the time travel that causes birds to fall the time machine time travel or is it the cave time travel I think it's the caves but um, I think so too but like I, I'm uh, I'm interested in learning where the what the machine does and mm-hmm. is it equivalently powerful or you know how it relates to the chair the the eyeball burning chair um <laughs> i'm there's a lot man i'm i guess i guess i don't have any more notes and that sucks because i like talking about dark oh i'm um, so glad though <laughs> no i'm so so glad yeah, you, to got, it. you got us hooked yeah fantastic no i'm so glad that you guys are enjoying it and i didn't lead you down like a show that you didn't like so, so no not at all so i'm glad glad that it's uh, working out okay like that um well, guys, so you can check out Doug and Rob. Um, uh, search for the Death Readers on you know podcast apps, right? Um, yep. Yeah. And then you guys, Twitter is Death Readers, and also your pa- Patreon.com slash Death Readers. I think Twitter is uh, Real Death Reader. Okay, Real Death Reader. My bad. I, I, I honestly can't remember because I am the worst at social media. It's you tough. Can always, uh, <laughs> what are you going to say? I have a tough time with it, too, so no worries. Doug, were you going to say something, Doug? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I felt so threatened there. <laughs> um, you can email us at, at deathreaders.com or at gmail.com. Oh, and you can find yep. me on Twitter at uh, Wake Up Winden. And you can also email the show. I'm, uh, I'm, I've got two really nice emails from Bart and Kel. And thank you guys so much for writing in. And I'm, I'm going to get uh, Kel was asking me about reader feedback and or listener feedback so if you guys have any questions about future episodes just let me know in the title which episode you want to provide feedback on and um i could read them on the show i know kelly uh provided some feedback for episode 10 so looking forward to uh sharing that and uh if you guys listened all the way through thank you so much and you can always email me at the show at wakeupwinden at gmail and i don't want to forget anything from doug so doug do you have anything else (laughs) um no uh, I, I, we, we, like I said, though, we, we do have a podcast where we talk about Harry Potter. And if you're into that, if you like, if you enjoyed the conversation today about dark, it's, it, uh, it's, it's basically the equivalent kind of conversation that we would have about the Harry Potter book series. So, uh, we are on the last book. So you have, if you like that series, you can, you can tune in and listen to the newest episodes, um, or you can read along with us starting in the beginning. I would say, uh, if you can, give us to at least like season two before <laughs> you give up on us. Um, because or just start I w- in season two, like Parks or, and Rec. Yeah, yeah. yeah you guys uh, are pretty good right away. I thought I I, I didn't notice okay. too much of a, like I I I I picked it up right away. But I get what you're saying, like because like that's what I feel like for my show too. I was like, give me a few, right. give me a chance, you know. So like I, I totally yeah. understand that, but. I just want to let you guys know I thought you guys were pretty good right away. So. Oh, I appreciate oh, thank you. it. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. That's really nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I don't, there's no other, we don't have any other social media platforms except like, uh, if, if you're inclined to tell people about Harry Potter podcasts on Reddit, go <laughs> tell them about ours because uh, that seems to be pretty effective for getting people to know about our show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, five-star reviews help podcasts. So if you guys would uh, do that for either they of do. our show, we would absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening and, um, 
Uh, thank you, Brian, for having us. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank so you guys. Fun. Thank you guys for coming on. It was so so fun talking to you guys about this stuff. So um, really excited that you guys made a return visit. So thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. And check out check out Run Lola Run because yeah, thank you as well. Yeah, I, I want to do like a recommendation episode at some point too because think that I think there's a lot of good stuff and people have a lot of good ideas too. So. Yeah, you know, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, I mean, yeah. you should really check Come out. Come on, the, 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 these are these are legends. You really, you really <laughs> got to check out Back to the go. Future. It's this small little indie film. Uh, you got to check out Time After Time. Check you out check Titanic. Out, you want to do this? Uh, you want to do this? We can check out uh, Michael Nesmith, the monkey, made Time Writer. Time Writer, okay. Um, if, you, if you like, if you like, uh, you know, dark. Uh, I mean, Rob is a huge fan of Stranger Things and has been... That's not, that's not true. That is a, it, a lot. That is an uh, untruth, sir. I've got one. Uh, the Beforeners on HBO. I hear no one talking about this show. It's amazing. Or I, at least I really liked it. It's got a time travel element to it. And it's a, Nor- oh. it's a Norwegian production. It's like six episodes. Um, time travel element. Really fun show. I really enjoyed it. But not many people I are talking you, about it. I think you found your next, your next series. It could be, but <laughs> I'm talking... Time travel... Trying to media from all over the world. Yeah, maybe I'll just be that guy here. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Check out check out Terminator Genesis. Yeah. Uh, we talked oh. about that. Terminator <laughs> series. Yeah. It's a modern classic. Yeah. <laughs> Is this guy Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't know if you ever heard of him, but uh, he's... Uh, Big things coming from that guy. <laughs> he's a pretty good, uh, you know, small little actor coming out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, I'm going to sign off here. Uh, thanks so much, everybody.